Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining us right here on off the script this is your aew dynamite post show for february 1st 2023 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your wednesday evenings wherever you may be jesse what is going on man what is going on tonight that much bruh How's it going out there in NYC? It's cold, man, but uh, listen, I'm getting ready for my mother's basement, bro. You ready? Man, um, sounds great, man, but I don't know if I want to hang out in your mother's basement, though. Oh, you're going to want to hang out here, bro. Really? Yeah, I already sent right. the uh, RSVP to uh, Jade Cargill, man. All right, cool, gonna, man. Happen, Check it bro. out there. Yeah. Oh, Jesse's already seen it. He, know, he, knows, he knows what to expect. Oh, I know. I've... 
Gotta say, I've never seen a basement like this before. <laughs> Is it a basement or the fucking bat cave? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, man. It just, it just, I don't know. It's just like, it's like the weird name for the design. I mean, design is. If bro, you guys bro. have not seen it, if you guys have not seen it. I'm telling you right now, it's you gotta fucking cream yourself. It's bro, I, 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 the question is how many, how many bodies do I have in the walls, bro? Oh uh, well. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about all of that, but the design is just off the fucking charts, man. It's crisp. Nice. nice and crisp. You guys will see that in the coming weeks. Uh, anyway, before we get into all that stuff, that's further down the line. Jesse, tonight was a very good episode of Dynamite. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it was like, oh, my God, the best show ever. It wasn't as good as the previous weeks. But, man, Tony Khan continues to keep the train rolling. We got some continuity. This is the most important thing to me coming out of the AW product right now. Things seem to be flowing Week by week, there are still things that I don't really agree with. There are things that I question on this show. We'll get into a couple of those things tonight. What do you think of the overall show tonight, man? They started off with a banger. We got a banger in the middle of the show of Brian Cage and Takesh. Then we ended with a banger, man. AW's putting on some bangers. Very, very wrestling-heavy show tonight. Yes. Um, Not so much of the... Of the of don't the tell Vince. Sport. Yeah. That's so much of the storyline-driven shows, which with me, I can do either or, because you can you can further storylines in um in in backstage segments and interviews, just as well as you can in the ring at the same time. You know, you just gotta make sure it's played out the right way. And tonight was definitely a wrestling-heavy show. Definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, this was uh, a very good uh, in-ring aspect to the show tonight. Um, I guess we'll start off with what we saw at the end. And then, obviously, you guys know how we do. We'll break down the show, and we'll talk about everything that happened in between. But the big thing that happened tonight, and it had Jesse and I questioning, even before we actually went live on the air, Darby Allen is the TNT champion coming into tonight. He went one-on-one against Samoa Joe in a no-holds-barred match. Darby Allen has successfully defended the TNT championship five times since he's won it from Samoa Joe. Uh, And... Needless to say, it was a great match. I thought this was one of the more brutal matches that Darby's been in, one of the more brutal main events that AEW has put on in all three years. Samoa Joe is absolutely incredible. Uh, He is one of the most legit guys in the entire business, bar none. And, uh, you know, I I, I question why Vince or whoever was over there didn't really see that in him. He is just a fucking savage. He's a monster. He is so good. And he is the perfect type of villain for someone like Darby Allen. And in the end, bro, we got Samoa Joe winning the TNT title again for a second time from Darby. And now will more than likely go on to Revolution as the champion. And Wardlow is looking to be his opponent in San Francisco. I have one question, man, and I know you had the same question before we went live on the air. I was getting ready for the show, and I was talking to myself and asking myself this very question. What is the TNT title? What is the identity of the TNT title? I feel like the TNT title has no identity. You know, we were under the assumption when we first got a look at the TNT title, oh, man, it's going to be their version of the Intercontinental Championship. And... I don't know what it is anymore, bro. Is it an intercontinental championship-like title for AEW? Is it a fucking TV title? Like, what is it? And why did you take the belt off Joe, who was basically at the hottest he's been in AEW, to put it back on Darby, only to put it back on Joe? 
I don't really understand that. Now, is it to get heat on Joe? If that's the case, I understand. But outside that reasoning, bro, I have no fucking other answers for that question. Uh, If that was the reason, I don't see that as being a logical one. You can't think of a better way to get heat on Joe than to flip-flop titles? So we got to go back further. We got to go back further than this. So it wasn't just Joe losing to Darby, then Darby losing to Joe. It was Darby losing to Joe... Uh, originally, so like they made Joe a two-time champion. Why? Oh uh, well, yeah, they, they they made Joe a, a double a double champion. Why? But whatever, we got over it. Then he lost the title back to Darby. Okay, for whatever reason that was, let's go. You know, we got warm with Darby. Now it's back to Joe again. I don't think it's a matter of, of defining the TNT title. It doesn't matter what the what the purpose or the or the the uh, uh what the drive for it is because right now it's just being flip flop. It's it's just being hot potato. It is and being hot potato. No one no one respects a title that's constantly being thrown around. It has no prestige. I mean, it has no direction. It had no no one cares about it as much. Joe is already holding a title. Not quite sure why he's going back and forth on this one. And then, like you just said, what are we going to do? Go into a feud with Wardlow and have Wardlow lose at the pay-per-view? Yeah, I mean, this doesn't make any, I mean, this doesn't make any sense now going into the pay-per-view. I, I, I can't see. Now, I'm, I'm excited about the match because I, I do think that they put on a great match. But now you gave the title back to Joe and it's February 1st. And we're looking at basically a month and some days with. Revolution coming up, and Joe's going into the pay-per-view defending that title against Wardlow, I presume. And the only outcome, and I I mean the only outcome, is for Joe to drop the title back to Wardlow. Now, was this an effort to get heat on Samoa Joe going into the match with Wardlow? Was this a favor to Darby to give him a little run here before they move him on to something else? But... Wardlow coming back after going away for a little bit, bro, after getting his hair cut. Did absence really make the heart grow fonder? Do you feel any differently? I'm asking you personally. I'm not asking the fan base. They were pretty excited to see him. Are you as a fan, because you've been watching this shit as long as I have, are you excited to see Wardlow back in this role? Did, did you miss him? Is there any more, oh, man, I'm back on the Wardlow train coming from you? Absolutely not. They derailed his momentum so bad before, before his uh, leave and now the way that they brought him back, I'm still not very interested in what Wardlow is doing. He wasn't gone that long. Um, and do you really want to know? Never ex- I'm sorry, bro. Do you want to know why we're not excited? Because you know exactly, I know exactly where this is fucking going. And they failed the first time putting the title on Wardlow. What happens when he wins the title? What's the follow-up? That's the question for AEW. What is the fucking follow-up? They never have a follow-up. They never, they never, they never do. That's been my, that's been my gripe about their booking for the longest time. Um, when they're booking the chase, it's epic. You know, it, it's it's fantastic. It's great shit. And once they reach um, the title, it it turns into something like they just don't know what to do with them anymore because it gets very uninspiring and uninteresting. And it's very consistent amongst all of the champions and all of the chases and stuff like that. But this title... The way it's bouncing around back and forth, it just it just has it has no prestige. No one gives a shit about it. I mean, I mean, I know I don't. No, there is no there is no prestige, and I I don't really know. I I, I honestly think the 
TNT title needs a, a complete reset. I think we need uh, some. We need some direction for the title. I, I, I get that they're trying to rebuild Wardlow, but Wardlow should have never been squandered in the first place. Yeah. So now you're going to go back and try and redo it again. Like, what is Samoa Joe going to do that MJF didn't do? I don't get yeah, that. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. And is Wardlow going to be good enough after what we've seen of him in the last six, seven, eight months to carry himself and float on his own as the T TNT champion? You know, I don't really trust the process here. Now we're getting we're getting some decent matches out of it. Joe's great, Darby's great, Wardlow. So I love Wardlow, but I'm not blaming Wardlow. I'm blaming the fucking direction of the TNT title and the neglect of the TNT title for so long. Like you can't just fucking yeah yeah you know it was uh, not good six or seven months ago. But we we got it. We, we, this is all gonna fix it. No, it's not gonna fix it. What's gonna fix it is a credible champion that holds it for a decent amount of time. What's gonna fix it is storylines instead of these one-off fucking matches where it's a TV title on TV defended every fucking week. I mean, you could do that with any title. No. I don't want to no. see that. TV Nobody title. Wants. TV titles in 2023 do not work. It is an antiquated concept. Get rid of it. This should be your inter- this should be the most important title in the company underneath MJF's title, and it's not. It's not. No. And we've had that gripe for so long. No. It it, it is not. It is it is hard to get behind a title that keeps going back and forth. And if you're somebody out there who enjoys watching a new champion every other week, we don't like the same kind of wrestling. I'm sorry. That's just, that's, that's just lame. I'm not going to sit and cheer a champion knowing that he's going to lose it in fucking two weeks. I don't give a shit about him anymore. No. That's exactly why it don't work. Yep. Would you care if Roman Reigns fucking came out and defended the, the, the world title every fucking week? No. Nobody Would you care knows. if Gunther came out defending the IC title every fucking week? No, you wouldn't. Nope. It's the same nope. concept. So we'll see what happens going into the pay-per-view. But Wardlow is back. Brutal match with Darby and Samojo. We'll go over what happened in that match a little bit later on in the show. We got MJF and the story about Brian. Brian Danielson and MJF going into the pay-per-view. We're headed towards an Iron Man match at Revolution for the AW World title. Tonight, Takeshita had Brian Cage, and Brian Danielson had Timothy Thatcher for his next opponent lined up. Two very good matches tonight. I liked one more than the other because Timothy Thatcher isn't my cup of tea. Um, He is uh, a very, very good wrestler. Great, actually, but he's not my uh, preferred style of wrestling. But needless to say, it was a great match with him and Danielson. And then Takeshita and Brian Cage... You know, a lot of people, bro, speculating that Brian Cage is going to be done with AEW, man. If he's done, man, he's going out with a fucking bullet. Holy shit, is Brian Cage on fire, and he's putting on some of the best work, probably the best work in his entire AEW tenure. Yeah, he's looking good out there, man. He's looking good out there. Um, I don't know why he wouldn't resign, but at the same time, I understand why he wouldn't. Re- I mean, I, I, I guess I get it on both sides. Um, He could stay here. If he stay here, he, he's going to be in ROH. If he goes over to the E, they might have something interesting for him over there. Who knows? I mean, I could see him falling through the cracks, but I can also see him getting pushed. So it's just a matter of what the direction is for him, to be honest. And Takeshita, he is just amazing. And he actually played a pivotal role in the show, uh, pretty much preventing Danielson from an attack by MJF with the Dynamite Diamond Ring. And they brawled to the back. He and MJF did. And Tony Khan awarded Takeshita an eliminator match next week. We're getting the world champion wrestling on TV in a non-title match, bro. Next week. 
It's going to be against probably my probably my favorite wrestler in all of AEW right now. Let's see where it goes, man. Let's see where it goes. I mean, it. We know where it's going to go. Yes, he's so, going to lose. Yes, I mean, we know where it's going to go. My question right now is: is 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 Brian Danielson still in B, in DCC? I don't know. Me either. I don't know. Because he has no brothers in arms out there, bro. Moxley was there, and Moxley didn't even show up to help him against MJF. It was Takeshita. Claudio was there. Yuta was there. He Yuta came, was they there. came out for Moxley. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. How many other people are paying attention to that? We've asked that now two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Are I mean, the Blackpool Combat Club still a thing? Is, Dan, uh, is Brian Danielson in the, the Blackpool Combat Club? I don't know. Seems to me he could have used some of his people out there at the end of this one. I mean, certainly. Will they be there? Revolution? Who knows? I don't get it. I mean, look, if 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 he's out, he's out. Great. I mean, it's fine. But if he's in, then what's going on there? We just need some clarity on what's going on. That's all. Either way, just let us know what's going on with him in the BCC. That's all. And then John Moxley, Adam Hangman Page, banger of an open. This was the third match in their. Series of matches dating back to the world title match, which led to Adam Page getting concussed from a lariat delivered by Moxley. Uh, Looks like this is not over, bro. Looks like we may get a fourth and final match. Uh, Tony Khan is uh, no stranger to doing a lights-out stipulation. We may get a lights-out match at Revolution between these two. We could. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to be about done with this, though. You're already done with it? We just got started. How we just get started? It's like the third match. Okay, we're just we're, we're getting things picked up here. <laughs> how we how we just getting started, bro? <laughs> I mean, they beat you. You're, 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 you're acting like they wrestle every fucking week. Like Vince McMahon booked this match four weeks in a row. They are two extremely talented guys. As a matter of fact, they're two guys that can easily lead their own programs. All right, so they're in a program with each other right now. Great. Where are we going with this? That's all I want to know. Where are we going with this? I mean, we're, we're three matches in. They, they look great. The matches are brutal. They're beating the shit out of each other. Okay. What's the end game here? Page wins at the pay-per-view. Moxley goes on that vacation that he was supposed to go on last year with Renee. I don't believe that. They keep saying that. Um, <laughs> look, Moxley's not going on vacation. <laughs> Fuck that Maybe shit. Maybe Tony paid him for the vacation. Please, the last, please stay, yeah. please stay last here. Time, last time he was going on vacation, he didn't go, and he brought his wife. Okay, so I don't think Mox is going anywhere. <laughs> Mox is not going to go sit at home while Renee goes out on the road. Yes, she Jesse, just started, so she ain't getting the vacation. Yes, Jesse's tired of it, Donzel, after two months. I wonder what he feels about the bloodline and Sami Zayn. They're not the, it's not the same matches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking with you, man. Holy oh. shit. I, I, I understand. Yes, I get oh. it. I mean, uh, just, l- l- listen, you know, just, just 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 get out. Just get to where we're going with this. That's all. I mean, like, so the thing where we we thought that Hangman was going to take a shot at Renee or was going to bleed into that effect. Cool. Bro, that who knows? Like- CM Punk may be involved in this, bro. Who knows? You know, he's going to you know, he's due to come back relatively soon. I don't want to say I don't want to say like tomorrow, but it may be it may be Punk, bro. I think he. I think he's coming back. I don't. Know. Adam Page wants to mend fences, bro. Who the fuck is he talking about? I don't know if he's coming back or not. That that that's a whole different conversation to be had. But 
you can't be telling me that these two are having this this feud to build up to a punk return. I'm not saying that's, that's, that's the case. I don't know. So, no, no. So that's not what we're doing here. So what? So where are we going with these two? Adam Page wins. If Moxley puts either, over the younger guy. Uh, what, 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 what do we do here? Either one can either one can win from that feud. No, I don't think anyone would bat an eye. You know, because I mean they're both loved. It's 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 fine. It's cool. I mean the matches have been great. The storytelling has been fantastic. And clearly we're getting another match. But I'm just like where. That's why I asked you. I mean, I asked you in a text. I said, "Are we are we building towards a hangman actually joining the Blackpool Combat Club?" Because that's that's kind of how the Blackpool Combat Club was formed. Other than um, um, Claudio, you know, they kind of just fight their way in and like, okay, you know what? We can fucking throw with this guy. No one just joins. It's normally some kind of big brawl or something to get into. It. And I thought maybe this is where they were going. Maybe Hangman joins them. Does it make a lot of sense? Probably not. But at the same time, it would make sense as to why they're beating the shit out of each other over and over and over again. You know, you may be you, you may be right because that's that, that's the only logical thing here because they're not fighting for a title. What are they really fighting for? Like you said, I mean, it, it almost it almost seems like they're fighting for each other's acceptance here. Basically, it, it, it kind of reminds me of of what was it the um, um, Sheamus and Cesaro feud where they just beat the shit out of each other until they became tag partners. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, it, it, it reminds me of that a lot. So if that's where they're going with it, fine. That's my question. Like, where are we going with this? The Blackpool Combat Club is not dead because Willie Yuta is still coming out with John Moxley, and they are a part of the Blackpool Combat Club. If this happens, and Jesse is correct on this prediction, you know, and, and Adam Page joins the Blackpool Combat Club, we're going to need an answer as to where Brian Daniels' affiliate, uh, Brian Danielson's affiliation is. You know, you can't just leave him out because he hasn't been seen on TV with these guys at all. Danielson has been away from the Blackpool Combat Club. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Completely. You know, not seen together, not interviewing together, not, I mean, they just don't give a shit about him, you know, but they haven't addressed it. So I'm just like, is he in, is he out? What are we doing with this? So it, it seems to be a lot of, a lot of mutual respect going back and forth between Hangman and Mox. And even when Claudio and Yuta showed up again, lots of respect in the ring. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of back off and do this and do that, but no one's just beating the shit. I mean, it matches over, all the violence stops. You know, it's very sportsmanlike. It seems that's why I asked. It seems like they're trying to head to Hangman, maybe joining the crew. We'll see what happens, but uh, it looks like they're both fighting for each other's acceptance, possibly at the pay per view. So we will uh, we will keep a close eye on that. But all in all, great AEW Dynamite tonight. 
Uh, very wrestling-heavy show, and there will be uh, a lot to talk about. We're going to get into the show in just a little bit, but I want to start off with a couple of pieces of news here, one of which broke during AEW tonight. AEW announces the launch of a live event series, a first in a string of series here, called AEW House Rules. This is AEW's first venture into the house show market starting March 18th in Troy, Ohio. They sent out a press release today via the media, and this is starting off in Troy, Ohio on March 18th. AEW CEO, GM, and head of creative, Tony Khan, just in case you didn't know all of his titles in AEW. Just want to make sure that uh, you're all aware of Tony's uh, power in the company. Uh, Today announced the launch of AEW House Rules, a live event series taking place on select weekends in markets across the country. Continuing the promotion's meteoric rise. I wonder who wrote this. Maybe TK wrote this too. And following the success of AEW Dynamite on Wednesdays on TBS and AEW Rampage on Fridays on TNT, fans can expect an up-close and personal experience at local venues along with spectacular and engaging environments. These non-televised live events will showcase an electrifying mix of matchups featuring the stars of AEW. Each event offers an even more immersive ex- experience for fans including customized merchandise, unique ways to engage with featured talent, and in-show interactions different from what is featured on televised AEW programming. The first AEW House Rules show will take place Saturday, March 18th in Troy, Ohio, at the Hobart Arena, and will feature Ohio's own John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Britt Baker, along with Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, and more. Tickets for the AEW House Show Rules, or House Rules House Show, starts at $20.00. And can be purchased at AEWTix.com starting this Friday at 10 a.m. So they are getting into the live house show circuit, Jesse. And Tony Khan said that we're always looking for meaningful ways to engage with our fans. This will be a great way for them to connect with our incredible talent and experience AEW in an intimate setting. And Jeff Jarrett spoke on this. He said the extraordinary success of AEW changed the landscape of pro wrestling as a whole not only by providing a fresh new product, but also by raising a bar in a manner that many deemed impossible a few years ago. Now we are expanding to live house shows and fans can expect an innovative approach to get up close with the best talent in professional wrestling. In addition to satisfying the passions of diehard fans, we're excited about creating new fans of all ages through these entertaining events. This is uh, is a long time coming, bro, but you, uh, as you would expect with a, a startup company, It's only been around for three years. You know, this wasn't going to happen on day one. They needed to really get this right. And it looks like uh, we are going to be off and running on on, uh, March 18th here in Troy, Ohio. There's a lot of upside to this. And I want to get your take on this. Just the first things off the top of my head. uh, The talent that is not featured on AEW TV, on Dynamite, on Rampage, on Wednesday and on Friday. um, They get to be in front of a larger audience instead of being you know, relegated to dark or elevation or working out of fucking uh, Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida with some of the the, the dark tapings. They get to go on the road. They get to experience what it's like to be on the road with AEW, get in there, get some reps in, try some shit out. You know, some of it may work, some of it may not work. Even for the bigger name talent, bro, this is AEW's chance to try shit out. You know, come up with feuds. Maybe we see potential feuds come out of this to get to TV, get people in the ring that aren't aren't really necessarily, 
you know, keen on working together or, or comfortable working together. Get them in there, get their reps in. There's a lot of positive about AEW going out on the road, and hopefully this makes a lot of that backstage, you know, those backstage talents that aren't getting enough opportunity, hopefully this is something that makes them happy. I'm extremely interested in this. Um, I feel like I, I feel like AEW has a unique uh, connection with with the fan base, you know, and I feel like this is something that they can play around a lot more with than they would with a TV show. Um, I also think this opens up fantastic opportunities for AEW Dark because um, who's to say that it's a dark it's it's a house show. Why can't we film some segments, you know, or whole show and actually put it on dark? You know, basically you're gonna take it to the road. I mean, you, once you film, once you do the house show, once you film it and put it in the can, once post production gets a hold of it, you can do what they want with it. You know, and it might turn out to be have better crowds, better reactions, and a lot of more things going on on dark than what we see today. So not only dark, um, like you said, the different feuds they can try out and things like that. And the unique engagements that they get to have on dark, and not only that, how many times, um, or once in the blue moon, we would see it in WWE, and I mean once in the blue moon, where you might get a title change or something that really major pops off at a house show. I think we might see a lot of that with AEW doing house shows. Uh, I don't mind that as long as it makes sense. Because yeah, no, uh, no, you know, WWE yeah. once in a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, WWE, you know, on, on rare occasions, do they do that? I, I think the last time that actually happened, I think Andrade won the United States title at Madison Square Garden or something along those lines. Um, yeah. That was that was years ago. Uh, I, I don't mind that as long as it makes sense, and you know, they want people to come out to these things, and it's a yeah. great way to build interest. Like if you go, if that's your first show, and especially in a smaller market like AEW, because they're not going to be running Madison Square Garden. But if they do something like that in a smaller market, it's gonna it's gonna really send signals to the people there. Oh shit. You know, if shit like this is going to be happening, I'm going to come yeah. to the second one. You know, yeah. so they, they they have to be very careful with that if they actually do want to venture into doing something like that. But also, I don't want them to burn themselves out in these smaller markets, Jesse, because, you know, this is where AEW usually kind of takes dynamite to these smaller towns. You know, they go to their big cities for the bigger shows, but they they, they, they make their way to these smaller markets. I don't want them to burn out the audience because, you know, when dynamite comes to your city, it's like, oh, shit. You know, AEW's here, I want to go see Dynamite, and I want to go see AEW for the first time or second time. I don't want them to be in the same kind of market and then give that market a little bit of a burnout. That's what I'm afraid of, but hopefully Jeff Jarrett yeah. knows what he's doing over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I could see that. And also, but it also gives them opportunities to test new markets that they haven't taken the live yes. show to yet. Yes. So, and 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 that's kind of cool. So when you get, you know, a certain town or, you know, a city you know, screaming in AEW's ear on social media, hey, come to our area, you know, we want to see you. You can send a house show out there and see how they sell, you know, see how they do, see how they react. Then say, hey, you know what? Shit, you know, we'll bring a dynamite here yeah. in a couple of months. You know, yeah. Fuck it. Opens up, so, opens up for new venues as well. Yeah, it's a very good idea. It, it, it is. They And not only that, um, here's the part where I hope that, here's the thing I hope that they do. And you can do this. It won't change um it won't change too much of the the live viewers, uh, the, the viewers on Wednesday nights and things like that. But you can, I wouldn't say progress, but you can add, you can sprinkle some seasoning on a lot of storylines 
at house shows, record them, and then play them back in clips on live TV. Just so you guys know, this person was attacked at the last house show in Ohio. Here's the clip. And you show them attacking said person. I'm like, oh, so now they have a grudge to, you know, to, to come back to on TV. It helps, especially when you don't have a lot of live TV time. So that could be something they could dabble into. Yeah, I'd like to see that, too, uh, as long as it's uh, something that is pertaining to what we're seeing on TV and it's not the right. start of something in the very beginning stages. I don't want them to start something at these shows because nobody's fucking seen but those people there. But if you take exactly. the current storyline like Britt Baker and, and Soraya and, and Tony Storm and do something fucking crazy there and then film it and then put it on Dynamite, oh, shit. Britt Baker yeah. got revenge on Saray and Tony Storm by doing this fucking crazy shit backstage. Let's air this on Dino. That, that's great. Yes. I, I would like that very much. That's a welcome addition. Exactly, exactly. Not only that, they might get more opportunities to cover up injuries. You know, Wardlow just came back. They never really told us why he was gone. Turns out he was injured. Well, you know what? You can do out the injury angle. So such and such was scheduled for tonight's show. But because of this vicious attack at this last house show, and you show the attack, they're not here for this show, so we're going to do this. As long as you keep us apprised of what's going on, and not only that, when now when this house show comes to my area, I'm like, well, shit. Shit is popping off at these house shows. So I'll spend 20 bucks and go fucking check it out. Why not? Bro, I thought Wardlow was looking for a new barber. <sighs> was he injured? Right now, I thought he was looking for a new stylist, bro. That's what I was he's looking. He's looking for a new creative writer or something. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> It, I'm just, Wardlow was so hot, cold, start, stop for me. You know, and, and that's Bro, I didn't Wardlow even know thing. that was Wardlow when he came out, man. I thought Rick Boogs had fucking got traded to AEW tonight. I don't, like, I don't uh, know, man. That, th listen, man, the Lord, there, are, there are some people out there, it, it, you know, you don't cut their hair, bro. I don't no. get it. No. He you, looks better with the long hair. That's just my opinion. You thought it was Boogs. I thought it was Frankie Kazarian. I legitimately thought it was Frankie Kazarian. Frankie Boogs. <laughs> right. So I mean I, I I get it. They can have so they can have so much fun with this house show dynamic. I, I mean I can't I, I can't wait to see what what they have planned for it. But I do think it can be used as a tool to kind of just explain certain things here and there to add it, it can add extra layers to different feuds. Um, you record them, play them back, and like I said, it, it brings interest. So like, look, when I'm watching Dynamite, they're showing these different clips of shit going down on the fucking house show. Let's go check out the house show, you know, and the talent can interact with the fans a lot more if they actually wanted to, if cameras are not rolling the whole time and things like that. There's so much they can do. So I can't wait to see what they, how they do this. Very interesting stuff. I'm very happy that they're getting this uh, off the ground. As soon as they come to the East Coast, I'll probably end up at one of these shows, no doubt about it. So uh, we will see what happens there. But very excited for AEW. And uh, now you see the reason why Tony Khan enlisted Jeff Jarrett, J-E-F-F, you know. He's there. No, <laughs> now, I'm not going to do it because I, uh, I know you don't like it. He's not on TV, though, which is a good thing. Well, he wasn't there this week. So. <laughs> was, he on, was he on Dark? No, he wasn't on Dark. Oh, well, there you go. You should be a happy camp. I should be. He's coming back, though. We got a top free agent. The other piece of news AEW has uh, circulating around out there. Top free agent expected to talk with AEW none other than Kota Ibushi. He's a one-time IWGP heavyweight champion, IWGP world heavyweight champion, two-time intercontinental champion, one-time never openweight champion, three-time junior heavyweight champion. He won the G1 in 2019 and 2020. 
Needless to say, this guy's a fucking beast, okay? You guys know exactly what you're getting from Kota Ibushi. He doesn't give a shit what he does in that ring. He's going to go out there and fucking entertain you like nobody else. Uh, He's been sidelined for over a year due to a shoulder injury, but he's ready to get back in there. He's he's already had bookings so far. Uh, WrestleMania weekend taken up in the Bloodsport event, WrestleMania weekend, and he will be making... Uh, an appearance at Joey Janela's spring break for GCW. Coda discussed his future in wrestling regarding money. He thinks it's unnecessary and only cares about what's important to him. He also doesn't want to be in a match without meaning. Sounds like a fucking guy I want on my roster. Uh, after he became a free agent, AEW is the place that makes most sense for him. If he wanted to go to a top promotion, he hopes to open up a wrestling school and he plans to speak with AEW. He says, a lot of my best friends are in AEW. My younger peers in Japan are also growing up there. Nonetheless, I don't think of going to AEW immediately. I want to have a school in Japan. Once that's been worked out, I think I'll talk with AEW. And Tony Khan did not shy away from it, saying that uh, we will certainly discuss Kota Ibushi when the time comes. Uh, Bro, I think it's all but said and done. AKA, we will give Kota Ibushi whatever whatever the the fuck fuck he wants. wants. Yes, basically. (laughs) Uh, If Kota Ibushi is not at Forbidden Door in the summer, I would be absolutely fucking shocked. He's going to AEW, and there's no, he's not going to WWE. You know, I understand Triple H would love to have him in some way because Triple H put him in the Cruiserweight Classic, and he fucking killed it in the Cruiserweight Classic. But Kota Ibushi was never going to sign with WWE because he knew what loomed at the top of the fucking hill there. Instant fame. <laughs> Instant he'd be, he'd be dressed fail. as a fucking ninja with Tozawa. Give me a goddamn Look. break. Look, um, about a few minutes ago, I just said that if Brian Cage went there, I could see them doing some stuff with him and him getting over. Cody Bushi goes there, instant fail. Holy right away, dead. There's no, there's no use for him there. Uh, now oh. maybe, now maybe, but you know, he just he basically gave it away. All, all my friends were at AEW. Where the fuck is he gonna go? You think Kenny Omega is gonna allow a, 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 a Cody Bushi to go sign with WWE? Give me a break. All but said and done, it is uh, not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, bro. This guy will be in, I don't want to say immediately, but absolutely when the time comes. Jen Jen says, go to AEW and what, get lost? Kota Ibushi is not the kind of talent that would get lost in AEW. No. They are very, very, very New Japan friendly. He is Kenny Omega's BFF. Yep. Kota Ibushi is not... I know we say it a lot, and that would be the, the case for uh, quite a few people, but not Cody Ibushi. He would, it's, it's like saying Jay White can't go to AEW because he'd be lost in the show. Jay White be at the top of the goddamn card. He ain't getting lost anywhere. Well, who knows where he's going to end up? He may actually end up in WWE if Cody goes to, goes to uh, AEW. He could. You know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, a lot of guys are going to get lost in the shuffle in AEW. It's just, you know, you take the risk of, of going to WWE and then, you know, whatever happens over there, you know, there's just so much, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Is Triple H going to be there in charge when I want to go there? There's so much uncertainty. At least you know what you're getting with AEW. And uh, the pros outweigh the cons right now. But yeah. Cody Bush is going to end up in AEW. He's not going to WWE. Nah, nah, he's going to be He's going to be the... He, if the he Golden goes, Lovers will be back. There, yeah, when he goes there, he'll be the catalyst for Kenny Omega leaving the Elite to get the Golden Lovers back together. Yeah. And they'll eat with the Bucks. Take my money. Yep. We got fucking Hangman and Kenny versus the Bucks all over again. Yep. Just with Cody Ibushi involved. Cody Ibushi, Cody will be fine in AEW. In WWE, 
Not so much. No. They won't know what to do. And they don't even speak English. The no, fuck is he going to do over there? Done. Done. Anyway, uh, that's the news coming out of AEW. You guys want more news? I'll be live on Sunday with Off the Script, episode 463. So you guys can tune into the show on Sunday night. John Moxley started the show off with Adam Hangman Page. This was a pay-per-view caliber match to open AEW Dynamite tonight. It was. And this was great. This was great. Moxley attacked Page prior to the bell. They brawled into the crowd. They did a little uh, pre-match beatdown. And Moxley applied a figure four running boots. Page escaped by throwing a beer in the face of Moxley. Such a waste of alcohol, bro. I mean, oh, that, that is uh, not the side I want to see, man. A cold beverage wasted. So they what are we doing here? Are they, are they concerned about Moxley's issues? Moxley's demons here? What are we doing here? Right? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I didn't even think about that. That was a, that was a, a nice... Uh, Nice little fucking throwback to Moxley and his and his past there by by Page. I don't know if Moxley appreciated that. Yeah, you know if this was if this was Jeff Hardy, and we and we did, you know, talk about this before when Jeff Hardy had his you know real life issues and WWE put him in a in a segment calling them alcoholic and everything else. We're like, God, man, that's a little you know that's a little close to home, no? Well, same thing here, man. How about we not throw alcohol in the dude's well, face? Oh, this was Jeff Hardy, man. We would have we would have uh, revoked his license right then and there, live on TV, <laughs> yeah, right away. But uh, they they eventually made it back to ringside. Moxley tried to pilmanize Page's ankle. Referee was uh, getting in his face because this was not a no DQ match. This was no this was not no rules. This was just two guys wanting to beat the shit out of each other with you know standard one on one rules here. So Page, they're going back and forth. Page wins a forearm battle. Moxley hit a low drop kick, went back to the figure four. Page fought back. Moxley was uh, bleeding. I don't know what he was bleeding from, bro. Well, what what did he ended up getting bl- uh, bloodied from? Like I I don't I might have had my head down tweeting or something. Did you see where Moxley got busted open here? Yeah, uh, Hangman threw a chair at him. Ah, when Hang would, when Hangman was it. on the ground, he threw the chair at Mox, who was standing on the apron. That would do it. He like clocked him right in the face. Man. That would do it. Moxley tried fighting back. He's got blood seeping into his eyes. Page hit a fallaway slam. Moxley leveled Page, trying to uh, do a springboard lariat. Moxley got the rear naked choke on the apron. Page avoided a pile driver, while Moxley avoided a dead eye. Page got a fireman's carry and was tossed face first into the uh, top tur- um, turnbuckle. Moxley fought off uh, a Page attack, raking and biting in the back of the corner. Page bit free. He answered back with an avalanche Death Valley driver off the top rope. Page screamed at Moxley to stay down, but Moxley's not going to stay down. Hit a desperation cutter for both guys to end up double downed. They get back up. More forearms exchange back and forth. Chops, kicks, backdrop drivers. Moxley connected with a front chancery suplex right into the bulldog choke, and then he poured down those Brian-like stomps. Page avoided a death rotter, got a rope break. To escape a submission hold, Moxley wanted to put a cross arm breaker on Page. Didn't get it. Moxley was backdropped to the floor. Page goes up top. And I don't know if it's just me. Every time Page goes up for that moonsault to the outside, I think he's going to fucking tweak a knee or something. I don't know what it is, but he always ends up, you know, nailing it anyway. He nails it every time. Maybe maybe it's just me. I know what you mean. I know know what you mean, but he... the height he gets on it, bro. It's like, oh my god, is he gonna fucking uh, bust he, the kneecap? And and this one, I mean, was I mean, it was again like it was 
maybe he's botched it before in the past somewhere and I missed it and forgot about it, but I don't think he's ever really botched his Orihara moonsault. No. No, I don't think so. But he got the moonsault, so Moxley turned him inside out, back in the ring with a lariat, and Moxley cleaned off a table that was on the outside. Immediately, he was put through it, the timekeeper's table, put through it by a page pop-up powerbomb. So Moxley on the outside, he beats the referee's 10 count, gets in the ring at a 9. He ran right into a lariat and then a dead eye. And, I mean, that was a little ridiculous. This guy got powerbombed through the table. He makes the 10 count, gets in at 9. He gets nailed with a lariat. Then he gets nailed with the backup finish of Paige, a dead eye, and he still kicks out. Now, I know it's John Moxley, but we see that all too often. So Paige yeah. missed the curb stomp, and Moxley hit the big King Kong lariat, more forearms back and forth, and then a small package pile driver by Paige. Both men traded counters to their finishers, Page hit a tombstone pile driver, buckshot lariat. Moxley kicked out. I mean, back and forth we go. Page applied his own bulldog choke. Moxley was able to hook the leg and trap Page in a flash pin. So, bro, Moxley got the flash pin here after getting nailed with a lariat, a dead eye. Then he gets hit by a tombstone and the buckshot, and he ended up winning the match with a flash pin. A lot of finisher kickouts. Yeah. And all of that stuff, and um, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of finishing kickouts. I mean, but I mean that's why I mean I don't know. That's that's why we have the setup moves, you know. But nonetheless, nonetheless, here's here's what I gathered from that match. In these series of matches, they are doing a lot to protect one another as far as um their their losses. So nobody's just getting beat. It's always in a way that like oh it's so close. These guys are so close. These guys are basically even and everything else. No win is coming off like, well, that guy just fucking murdered that guy. So it, it's very, very close every time. That's what keeps leading me to believe that they're coming up on some kind of union somewhere down the road. It's almost like the first match never happened. You know, Moxley got the win last time. Oh, no, Moxley got the win t- tonight. Uh, Paige got the win last time. And uh, now they're basically even because the first match really didn't count because Paige was concussed. So it looks like we're going to get the fourth match, which is officially going to be the fourth match, unofficially the third match. But I do think that at the end of this, you know, Moxley, how many losses does Moxley have in AEW? Well, not even a handful, right? Not what a lot. Like four or five losses in all three years of AEW. Totally I, th- I, think, I think Moxley can afford another loss. I think Paige would do very well by beating Moxley here, and then they end up, you know, it's a great way to make them both look strong in the end by coming to some uh, some sort of agreement where they end up having some mutual respect for one another. Is is the winner of this feud headed for MJF yes. after Brian? Yes, that's what it appears. Now, what if what if they're keeping these guys even like this because they're basically gonna have even matches all the way up until that point, and we're looking at a triple threat with these two and MJF for his next big match well i would i would prefer mjf and hangman I, I think that would be the right way to go um i mean that was teased very early on in the inception of aew so i think at this point three three years and some months later we end up getting that uh if that's the result here for uh, an mjf adam page main event for double or nothing sign me up i think that would be fantastic well i mean it would be it, it would be great um i think they want to make sure that whoever comes out continues to be a huge baby face because either one of these guys can at the snap of a hat 
just go into heel mode, you know, and, and it's it's because it, it's built into their characters. I don't mean like anybody can go heel, but I mean if Moxley just just wakes up and just goes heel tomorrow, no one will be too shocked about it. Same for Hangman because they they have that 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 drive was like they they just get pissed off. It's like fuck it, I don't care anymore. So I don't want to see someone end up going heel, and then you got to go up against MJF. I want to keep these guys baby face as fuck as possible, and MJF can uh, knock down that that the heel role side of the feud. But either one of these guys in a feud with MJF, you know, let's let's let's, let's get it. You know. Yeah, yeah. We've seen, in my opinion, we've seen Moxley already with MJF. I think Paige will be the right choice there. But uh, nonetheless, uh, a, a banger of an open. I mean, these guys. I mean, they put bang in banger, uh, not the banger bros. Not the bang nope, bus, nope. but... That, that, uh, that's a porn site. Y- yes. Uh, just in case you guys weren't aware, you know. It's a porn site. Um, and yeah. WWE had no idea about that, which I call bullshit on. Uh, but this oh, was- by the way, by the way, on that note, <laughs> you mean to tell me <laughs> the king of the dick jokes in the Attitude Era didn't know that the Banger Bros was a porn site? Kiss my ass. Triple H has referred to his dick so many times bro, on TV. Never mind that, know- man. Never mind that, bro. I, I mean, Road Dog, all those guys, they had no idea. Oh, man, I didn't know. Oh, what? I didn't know. I didn't know about the Bang Bros being a porno group. Get the fuck, fuck out of here. You kidding Please. me? Vince just found out. That's what happened. Yeah, Vince found out, yeah. Not like he gives a shit anyway. Anyway, after the man... After the match was over, Cesaro and Yuta, they got back into the ring to check on Moxley. Uh, I forgot to, to mention, Moxley came out with his father walking down the aisle, uh, walking down the, Papa uh, Mox. The, the stairs to the crowd. Like, Moxley enters usually. He was there with his father and Yuta yep. and Claudio. I don't know what that was about, but he was there. Hangman, um, he didn't really like their presence in the ring here. They argued. Moxley stood and shoved Hangman. Hangman swiped at Moxley, giving him the finger. And uh, this is not over by a long shot. Looks like uh, we may be uh, leading to a pay-per-view match, which I have no problem with. We'll probably get a stipulation. Last man standing, Texas death match, lights out. Who knows what TK's got involved there, but I'm liking it. I'm liking it a lot. We got a vignette hyping up Darby Allen and Samoa Joe for the TNT title. Darby said he, he knew he wanted a rematch and would stop at nothing to get it back. He asked for it to be no holds barred because Darby wants to end his career in about two or three years, legitimately. <laughs> Joe says he's coming to take back what is his and he will not be usurped by a man like Darby. Darby says whoever loses won't get a rematch. Good. Good. I'm tired of it. Tired of it. Oh, we're tired of this, but, 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 you know, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> How are we not tired of the other shit, but we're tired of this one? I don't know. I don't know. More. I, I just want better for the TNT title. I do. Either way, you know, you can't really shit on Darby and Samoa Joe. You know, awesome stuff as always. Renee Paquette, she interviewed Butcher Blade and the Bunny. And then Jamie Hayter was there as well, side by side. Renee said Bunny requested the TV time. Bunny says they were impressed with her win over Emmy Sakura last week on Rampage. Uh, I did not watch. I heard it was a banger of a match, Jesse. It was actually a... I heard Emmy Sakura is your favorite female professional wrestler in all of AEW. Bro, Sakura got so much offense in in the match, I almost thought she was going to win. 
She got way too much offense in. Bro, does Emmy Soccer still have that uh, that uh, that singer like uh, shtick she does with the uh, microphone? Freddie Mercury, what, what's she going for? Freddie Mercury there? Listen, bro. As long as she's not Maki Ito, man. I would I would rather have Maki Ito. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, yes. that, that's 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 blasphemy. Nope. Fuck you. Nope. Take her. Get her out of here. Bring me Maki Ito. Nope. I'm not even. No, I'm not even entertaining the thought of that. Stay away. Far, far away, please, from my television show. You know who's growing on me? Yuka Saki Saki. Yuka Sakazaki. Yeah, that too. Why is she? Why is she of all people growing on you? She is. The magical of, girl they call her, right? Who, who is she? I don't know. She reminds me of she reminds me of um, Willow Nightingale. She's a very infectious personality. Oh. She's pretty good in the ring too. Man, I don't know, man. I think uh, I think those dark shows are corrupting your brain, man. I'm telling you, man. She's she's growing on me. She's 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 just she's just fucking adorable. How could you not like? Is how do you not like Yuka? She's really good. Anyway. Uh, Emmy Sakura and Jamie Hayter apparently was a very good match. Chat says so. Bunny said Hayter doesn't back down from challengers, so she asked for an eliminator match next week on Dynamite. Hayter says, sure, I'm free next week, so I love a challenge. It's on. So then they immediately go to something going on in the back, and they showed on a monitor that Soraya and Tony Storm were beating the shit out of Britt Baker backstage, and Jamie Hayter ran to go help Britt Baker after this savage attack by Tony Storm and Soraya. So it looks like we're getting uh, a nice couple of layers here built on top of that uh, blood and guts match that I'm assuming is coming. We got Soraya and Tony Storm acting very heelish here, Jesse. I'm liking it, man. I'm liking the direction of this. This is fun. Stuff is going down. Stuff is stuff going is on. Unfolding. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Britt. How you doing? Stuff I is, can't stuff- wait. To, I can't wait to host you in the, my mother's basement. It'll yes. So, you got a drink on the menu, by the way. So hopefully you, yeah, so, uh, you know, you put so you put a short out on YouTube with me in it, saying how Britt Baker has turned things around and she is now you know helping others get over and all yes. that shit. Remember that? Yes. And in the comments, people are like, "Oh, I don't see anything different or better than what WWE is doing. You're just fucking drinking the Kool Aid." Clearly, so, they're not watching the show. So, what show are you watching, fellas? So, right now, AEW, the women who are not, you know, necessarily going for the world title, are involved in this feud of, you know, the the originals and the outsiders and everything else. You might not like it, corny, whatever, right? You want to know what Becky Lynch and Bailey are fighting about over in WWE? What are they fighting over, Jesse? Because I find it to be very, very cringe and very Vince-like in writing. They're fighting over Seth Rollins. Wow. Wow, man. Who wants to go over there and join their women's division? Clearly not Mercedes. I mean, you get two of the best female wrestlers on the planet Earth. On your roster, and they're fighting over a man. Let's fight over Becky's husband. Put it in the script, Bruce. What the fuck, dude? Seriously. When has Triple H ever wrote a storyline like that for his women in NXT? I can count on 
Both hands. Zero. Fucking bullshit, man. Zero. I hate WWE elitist. I really do. I hate any elitist. I'm not an elitist. I like good wrestling. If you're putting on good wrestling, I never understood you. Oh, but you're an AEW shill, man. You're on Tony Khan's payroll. I wish I I wish I was on Tony Khan's payroll. The fuck you talking about? I'd brag about that shit to the end of fucking Kingdom Come. Yep. You're talking about. But if you don't see, you don't if you don't see the good that Brit's doing and the good that's coming out of the women's division right now, a sense of focus is there. I don't know what the fuck you're watching. Yeah. Yeah. She's I mean, the spotlight is coming off of her a little bit. It's more on Jamie. And then people say, Oh, where's her friend? I don't give a shit. She's helping the division grow. Others are getting over. Storylines are progressing. And she's involved, but not in the forefront. This is all we asked for. Then we're getting it. This is great. I mean, I don't, ne- I don't necessarily care to see the bunny challenge Jamie Hader, but... She needs opponents, man. Oh. She needs opponents. She can't just only face the... You know, she, she needs opponents. And fans... Good. Let's see Jamie Hader beat the shit out of the bunny and move on to the next opponent. Okay, well, she doesn't need to wrestle every week. She just wrestled uh, fucking Freddie Mercury two week, uh, last week. Why, why she got to wrestle next week? That was on Rampage. Nobody watches Rampage. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. Come on. Clear, clearly, I don't watch Rampage. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have uh, saw this banger of a match that you guys are telling me about. Yeah, I'm liking, I'm liking what's going on in the women's division in AEW sans Jade Cargill. And nothing personal against her. It's just that storyline isn't going anywhere right now. It's very stagnant. And uh, we will uh, not only, you know, talk about the ladies here on the show, but something happened with Britt and Ruby Soho later in the show, which kind of, you know, creates a nice little dynamic and a little what-if situation because we know where Ruby came from. We know that Britt knows where Ruby came from. They feuded together in AEW. Which side is she on? Is Ruby to be trusted here? We don't know. Is she going to join the uh, OGs? Or is she going to join the outsiders here? I don't know. Can't they just fight over Adam Cole or something? No. Now, Britt's not going to let Adam Cole go, baby. All right, well, I will. The acclaimed Max Caster and Anthony Bowens versus the 2023 version of the Beverly Brothers. <laughs> Turbo Floyd and Truth Magnum. I wonder if they work for Banger Bros, bro. <laughs> it sounds like they sh- they came straight off the Banger Bros with a uh, Banger Bus with a name like Truth Magnum. This match was one minute. Who the fuck do you think won? It wasn't Turbo Floyd and Truth Magnum. I'll tell you that right now. What? Top rope, mic drop, elbow by Caster for the win. After the match was over, the acclaimed were about to celebrate. Out come Colton and Austin Gunn. Colton said that they had a good match. But they said last week during th- during therapy that what will make them happy is the tag team belts. He says they want a shot at the belts and they want their answer right now. Anthony Bowen scolded them for interrupting the most popular tag team in all of pro wrestling and winning the tag team titles and the most popular tag team in AEW are forever champs. He says they are the people's choice. So they would ask the people. He asked the people if they deserved the title shot. Clearly the fans said no. I think I was the only one that said yes. They <laughs> argued with each other. Billy told them to stop, and he's so sick of it. He says he's done with it. You guys go beat the shit out of each other. I'm done. He walks away. So he bailed out, walks up the ramp. Austin takes the microphone and says, Good. You're doing what you did during our entire childhood, and you turned your back on us. 
Billy stopped. Good and stuff. He, he kept walking. Austin told him, yeah, that's right. Go drown your sorrows in a bottom, in the bottom of a pill bottle, he says. Billy turned around. That's what fucking got him pissed. And then fans started to chant, you fucked up, you fucked up, to the guns. He got in their faces. He says they just made a big mistake. His microphone wasn't working. He threw it down in disgust. Uh, Anthony Bowens handed him a new one. Billy said, oh, yeah, next week you got a tag team title shot so you guys can get what you want and find out if they have it. So what happened here, Jesse? We got Billy Gunn making decisions here now for the acclaimed something that they didn't really discuss as a, as a unit, and he just basically gave his sons what they wanted without discussing the team that he's currently working for. I smell a ruse here, bro, oh, and I yeah. smell Billy Gunn possibly joining the Guns next week in a swerve and a turn for the Gun Club. Yeah, it looks like we, we could be headed towards what we talked about um, last week, and... Yeah, uh, Billy Gunn offered up the title match, you know, without the acclaim approving it. And maybe he's already in bed with his son to get in the title match, and he's going to fuck him over and cost him the titles. Um, I could see it, and I'm on board with it. Um, you know, I know we just talked about hot shot in the titles back and forth, so we don't want that. But an acclaim surprise loss um, because of Billy Gunn and putting the titles on the ass boys could lead to some nuclear heat um, and a pretty damn good chase. It just needs to be months down the road, maybe at the next pay-per-view after Revolution, something like that. I don't want to see the acclaim lose the titles and then get them back in a couple of weeks at the pay-per-view. That would be fucking bad. You know, that's just, that's, that, that's just shitty booking. I mean, we're, we're, yes. we're already doing that with Wardlow. We don't need to do that with the tag team titles as well. The, the only thing I didn't like about this, and I, I, immediately, I immediately seen this while all this was transpiring, uh, Billy Gunn said, all right, you guys got your tag team title match, and then walked out of the ring. Now, obviously, that's meant to swerve the audience and give you guys the, you know, oh, shit, is he going to turn on the acclaim next week? They want you to think that. That's the, that's the hook going into next week's match. What I didn't like about this segment is the fact that it kind of made the acclaim look like a bunch of losers, because they said, oh, shit, we didn't, we didn't agree to that. Almost as if they wouldn't want to defend the tag team titles against the, the guns and, and kind of not put the titles on the line and, and kind of backtrack about wrestling them. They, they, they should want to wrestle them. They should want to defend those titles. They, they, they claim they're not a tag team that's going to run away from you know, anybody that is wanna, wanting to shit in their yard. So that's the only part I didn't like because it, it kind of came off when Billy Gunn said that. The acclaim were like, oh, shit, we didn't, we didn't you know, okay that. But you're the champions I, I could, and you're the babyface team. You should want to do that. I could see that. That's not how it came off to me. Um, it came off to me as just more like a, okay, we just said no. And you're just going to offer up our titles without even talking to us about it. You know, it's kind of fucked up, but whatever. It would, to me, I could see I could see what you're saying. It would come off that bad as what you're saying if the acclaim then went to the back and was like, Oh, we don't want to do this match, you know. No, no, we got to get out of this. We we didn't agree to this. We got to get. They're not gonna try to get out of it. It just they just kind of curious as to what made Billy Gunn think it was okay for him to sign them up without talking to them at least first. Yeah. So, for me, I mean, I I, I get it. I, it. It'd be the same way for me too. I'm like, hey, you know, no, fuck you guys. You ain't getting it. 
Because then maybe I'm like, maybe we would have given the title shot after they jumped through our stipulation hoops or whatever. But you just fucking gave it to them. So now we got to do it. Whatever. We'll kick their asses. It didn't come off that bad as far as, you know, baby faces trying to back away from a fight. Um, but it, it does kind of set them up for the turn. So I kind of want to see where it's going now. If the gun club win the titles next week, which is a possibility, but also not. I, I, some people may think it's too soon. You know, if they're the champions, like Jesse said, and I and I absolutely agree because we're getting this Ward logo into the pay-per-view, they, they, they should not win the titles now and then lose it four weeks later at Revolution. Yeah, I mean, no. that's that's just ridiculous. No. I, I would say I would say double or nothing is a great spot for that to happen. And I do feel that with double or nothing around the end of May, early June, you know, the gun club, if you want to make them the tag team champions, for all we know, I I, I think I would say my guess here is that FTR stays with AEW and they end up resigning with AEW. There's a built-in feud ready for them when they come back, bro. FTR versus the guns. You could put the, the guns over FTR and then have them have a nice little mini run here. Then drop the titles back to the acclaimed. Then we're back to uh, getting the acclaimed, you know, with that big, massive pop beating the dicks in the guns, right? So I, I like that idea. Yeah, yeah, they... I would tread a little lightly as far as how we book the guns as champions going forward. I don't want them beating teams like FTR clean and shit like this. You know, I don't want them to beat to beat like powerhouse tag teams clean. Like all of a sudden they're mega stars. I mean, if they're going to win the titles through screwy fashions, I mean, they can beat some teams, but they shouldn't be beating like the young bucks and FTR clean. Those are the matches they need to make sure that they fucking cheat to win. If they're going to win. Um, but they do need some clean wins as champion. This is a this is a time where they can solidify themselves as a straight up legitimate tag team in AEW during this title run. So I do think it's well um, needed for them. Um, hey, listen, let's, let's, yeah, let's another, just not take I, I, it too far. Yeah, another team, bro. Top Flight. What about Top Flight versus the Guns? You top know? Flight versus the Guns. There yeah. you go. That's a team they can be clean. Yeah, and they could probably have a pretty a, a damn good banger of a match with these yeah. guys too. Yeah. I was going to say, before I mentioned top flight, it's going to be interesting to see what the tag team division looks like if the Guns do win the tag team titles. But we'll we'll see next week. I think there's a a big possibility of that happening. It does smell like a swerve. It does look like a swerve or a turn on the surface. But, you know, I've been saying for weeks, I I don't think it's a good idea to take Billy Gunn away from the acclaimed. But if it gets the amount of heat that I know will be happening if the guns win and there is a turn, I mean, I feel like it could be worth it. I feel like it could be a, it could be a fun chase. Very interesting. It, it makes a very interesting story. Yeah. And as opposed to what we're getting right now, which is nothing with the tag team titles and the acclaim. Yeah. So let's hey, listen, do it, it's, it's better than Jared and Jay Lethal. Yeah, I'm with it. Yeah. God, yeah, I'm with it. Let's do it, man. I'm with it with Kanosuke Takeshita. He went one-on-one with Brian Cage. That was coming up. Before we got that, Jungle Boy was interviewed by Alex Marvez. Jungle Boy Jack Perry said that Hook had his back when nobody else did, and he says he's done with tag team wrestling. He said this year he is determined to be a solo champion. So Jungle Hook and fans of Jungle Hook, bro, you guys are going to be very disappointed because Jungle Boy doesn't want to be a part of Jungle Hook anymore, but... He wants a solo championship, bro. I mean, take your pick. You want the TNT title. You want the All-Atlantic title. You want the AEW world title. Maybe we get Jungle Boy versus MJF at double or nothing. Who knows? Can we just relabel the TNT title, the 24-7 title? No. I will do no such thing. I think I'm going to fucking do that. 
I will do no such thing. I never want to hear that title ever again reach anybody's lips. Let's just throw it around. Now that they get house shows, they can do title changes for the T for the TNT title at house shows every week. All right, where does Jungle Boy go though? I don't know, man. Um, I think it's a little early in his career to be focused on the title. No, the TNT title should be his focus, but there's just no value in it. I'd rather I'd rather be a tag team champion than go for that damn title. It seems to have no value right now. I miss Christian Cage, man. You missed him. What do you mean? I, oh, I, Christian I, Cage. I, I miss Brian Christian Cage. Cage, yes. Yeah. Um, that'd be great. That'd be great. As a matter of fact, if he's close to returning, fantastic. Let's put Jungle Boy in some kind of a title match and have Christian Cage fuck him up. Yeah. That'd be great. I like it. I need Luchasaurus too back, man. Takeshita versus Brian Cage. This was a banger of a match here between these two guys. I mean, Takeshita, I mean, I could sit here and talk about Takeshita all day long about how great he is. He's just a fucking great wrestler. And every time he's in the ring with, no matter who it is, they end up being better because of it. And he is somebody that's going to take that person to the next level. I love it. And he himself is getting better weekly. He's getting better as far as in ring. He's getting better as, you know, as far as his English is concerned. Love watching the growth of Takeshita here on Dynamite. And Brian Cage. Brian Cage is another one. Can't take anything away from Brian Cage. Um, I've been a big fan of Brian Cage's since his days as world champion in Impact, believe it or not. Uh, I did watch some of his stuff back uh, back in the day on, on Impact TV. Uh, obviously, the Lucha Underground stuff. He's always been somebody that I'm like, Gee, I, it's amazing how none of the major promotions picked him up. You know, or WWE anyway. But... He's been on a run of, uh, of, of, of a lifetime here in AEW. This is the best run he's been on. But a lot of people are saying that his contract's coming up and that he may end up jumping ship to WWE. Now, while I don't blame him if he wanted to do that, because I do think that he is the type of guy that they look for and he is not the normal type of big man. He does things that a normal big guy, you know, shouldn't be doing. But I also see him possibly staying in AEW and... If Tony Khan is smart, you know, I hope that he sees the value that Brian Cage can bring. He's just not somebody that is somebody that somebody, that somebody should be delegated to Ring of Honor. But, you know, pay the guy. Put him on TV. He's somebody that is going to thrive in that role. And obviously, he's showing you what he can do. Or maybe this is just a, a fucking farewell tour, tour. Brian Cage is showing you exactly what you're going to be missing. And he's putting everybody over on his way out. I have no fucking idea. Could be. It could be. Maybe he had no plans to, to re-sign Cage, but then... During this run, maybe his eyes got opened up a little bit. Like, hey, you know what? You know, I could use him. Yeah, I got a spot for him. You know, if he if he wants it, you know, I can. Maybe he's changed his tune a little bit with Cage because he has stepped up his game a little bit since his return. So, it could be. But at the same time, we don't know what plans that TK has. You know, on the horizon for ROH, because if there's something coming down the pipe, then I could see Brian Cage being pivotal. You know in an ROH show. So I think that's the X factor as far as what's going on with ROH and having a deal. Cage came out with the Ring of Honor six-man tag team championship belt. Shivani pointed out what title it was. I believe someone on the commentary team, bro, I don't know if it was Taz. I think it was Taz. He didn't know what title he was holding. (laughs) And what title is that? He's not the only one. What title is he holding? He's not the only one. That's the problem. I, I even text you this. If you're coming out to the ring wearing a title 
and the announcers are announcing you come into the ring and they don't even mention what the title is. And one third of the ROH, you know, trios, something. Then the title just has even less value at that point. The announcer doesn't even give a shit to tell the audience what belt it is you're wearing. I, I don't know why they're coming out with the Ring of Honor titles. I, I don't. This is an AEW show. When Ring of Honor gets TV or a program somewhere, then you can have them come out on TV there with their titles. Yeah. But if, if Brian Cage is going to come out with a Ring of Honor six-man tag team title by himself without his other two guys, what's the point of that? Nobody cares, and nobody on the commentary team, they devalued it by, oh, what title is that? I mean, you could probably buy a title at the fucking concession stands, and nobody Everybody. would know the difference has a fucking title. I, I was with you. I, I'm like, what? He has a title now, too? There's too many, but fine. Fine. They're there. I mean, here's a way to help bring value to said titles. They should be the focal point. The announcer should be happy to say, and one-third of the ROH trios champ commentary, like, oh, man, the trios tag team uh, titles are a big deal in ROH. Let me explain why. You get tasked. Like, the fuck is he wearing? What is this? No one knows, so why should we care? Takeshita, he went on to attack right from the beginning. Big boot, dive onto Cage at ringside. Taz said he is about six foot two, and then he said an inch or two taller than me. Taz is a funny guy. Love Taz. (laughs) Cage, Cage grabbed Takeshita off the ring apron and threw him spine first into the ring post. They go back into the ring. Cage avoided a charging Takesha in the corner, took over, suplexed Takesha from the middle rope into the ring, powered him up, flexed his arms. Cage dominated. Then we get Takesha fighting back. He countered a powerbomb, took control with a leaping knee strike, and then a back suplex into a bridge for a two count, which looked beautiful. A little hesitation on that made it look even better. Cage caught Takesha mid-ring, going for a signature leaping knee, Went for a move, but Takeshita countered it into a Liger bomb. Beautiful for a near fall. Cage headbutted Takeshita and landed a backdrop driver, followed by a big lariat and another close two count. Takeshita came back with two brain buster suplexes for another close two count. Takeshita came back with a spine buster, or a brain buster rather, suplex off the second row, barely got uh, Cage over. Uh, the on the suplex, and then the big running knee finally connected with the one, two, three, and Takeshita wins in about 10 minutes. Uh, very good looking match here between these two guys. They worked very well together. Takeshita needed another big victory, and he's looking good, you know. And Brian Cage is the credible opponent that is going to make Takeshita look good by getting a victory over him. So I enjoyed this very much. It was good. Um, I like the, the progress with. Uh, Takeshita. Um, thing about another thing I like about him is his record. You know, he's he's what 17, 17 and eight now. So there isn't that worry of oh, well, he has to stay undefeated. His record's already blemished, he's not perfect, and he's gonna go into his match with MJF and clearly lose another one. But it's about the buildup, you know, it's about getting him from down here to up here because by the end of 2023. I kind of expect to see this guy really hovering around the main event picture, you know, a lot more. So um, we're looking at a future main eventer. Tony Khan is hell-bent on building this guy up, and so far he is doing it organically, so I can appreciate that. Uh, I'm telling you right now, I I mean, I don't know who's watching me, 
But Takeshita, either for the All-Atlantic title, which would be fucking, it would make all the sense in the world, um, or the TNT title. Because him in a match, him in a match with Wardlow, when, when Wardlow has a decent run, if there are plans for that to be in the future, I think that would be that, that would be a banger match too. But you know, Takeshita is definitely on his way to being a focus on this show, and, and you could see because he's been a, a regular on this show instead of being you know uh, a guest appearance by by Takeshita. He puts on a banger of a match and he goes away for fucking three weeks, four weeks. He's yeah. been consistently on the show, and you know, you just get a sense that. Tony Khan is definitely strapping the rocket pack. I and mean, that's the type of guy I want, you know, the rocket pack strapped to. So I'm loving it. Yeah. Chris Jericho. Renee interviewed Jericho and the JAS backstage minus the purple hat. Jake Hager was not there. She asked about being, what? I'm sorry. Unbelievable. Uh, how, how, how could they neglect the purple hat? I don't know. What's going on? She asked about being accused of cheating to win last week. Jericho said, what? Us cheat? Jericho said Ricky Starks didn't lose to a baseball bat. He lost to the JIS. Sammy says that he and Danny Garcia came up with a new concept. It is a gauntlet match. The Garcia-Guevara gauntlet. I'll get into that. First first it was the Guevara-Garcia gauntlet. Yes, and then Sammy did the right thing by saying Garcia-Guevara. Garcia first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, clearly we're heading so, towards soften him, up, soften him up, and then I'll get to him. We're, we're heading towards a Garcia and, and Sammy match, which, take my money. Anyway, gauntlet match. I'll get to that in a second. Garcia said Ricky has to beat Angelo Parker first, then Matt Menard. We're both uh, big fans of Parker and Menard. Menard is fucking... So good. Daddy Magic is fucking <laughs> VIP here on OTS. So good. Man. And then either him or Sammy, he said they let you him know that... You want a piece of me? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. You want a piece of me? <laughs> man, he's, he, remind, he, remind, he reminds me so much of an 80s fucking quintessential generic fucking heel, bro. You know, I love it. You know? <laughs> Just his mannerisms just reek of 80s, and I fucking, I, I love it, you know? That's all he said. He's behind Jericho. You want a piece of me? And he's in Jericho. Jericho's just smiling. He's just fucking smiling. He's like, yeah, you know? Gotta love it. Well, what'd he say? You want a taste? Want a taste? I don't know. He tried to fight. I remember he tried to fight Renee a while he's got, back. He's got this macho man. He's got this macho man like fucking yeah. uh, swagger to him when he talks. Like, like what the fuck? You know? He was on. I think he was. I think he was on BTE or Dark or something like that. And they were backstage cutting a promo, and this is before Renee worked there. Renee walked by their camera shot with the baby, and Daddy Magic's like, "You want a piece?" Like she, she was. What? What are you coming at me? <laughs> what is this? Do you want to know what makes my nipples hard? <laughs> Fucking crazy. Anyway, uh, he, he says they let him know the night of which of them is the third opponent. So he's got to go through Angelo. He's got to go through Matt Menard. Then he's got to go through either Sammy or Danny Garcia, which is going to be a coin flip. Uh, if he gets past them, then he can face Jericho. I'm assuming at the pay-per-view. Jericho said if he can get through the Garcia Guevara gauntlet, He'll be ready to beat his ass. Now, I don't mind this, Jesse. I, I, I don't mind this at all. I, I like this type of shit. You know, Jericho clearly wants to put Ricky Starks over. What better way than to go through the entire JAS and then get to the fucking head of the snake? I like it. The thing is, 
This lacks creativity, not because of what Jericho is doing for Ricky Starks, but it lacks creativity because we're basically looking at a gauntlet match weekly with Brian going through hand-picked opponents by Tony Khan until he gets to MJF at the pay-per-view for an Iron Man match. So it looks like we're getting, and that's kind of a rehash of a rehash of a rehash that we've seen before with MJF, with Wardlow and with Jericho and with Moxley and all these other guys that he's been in the ring with. But there's a lot of gauntlet-like style matches here, and I feel like it lacks originality and it lacks creativity. Do you feel that way, or, or do you like this concept here, even though we're kind of seeing the same thing with Brian? It's so I'm interested. I'm still interested. I'm interested in seeing how they tell this story through these gauntlet matches. Because I mean, it can be it can be told. It can be done, you know, in the same fashion as far as gauntlet matches. But the story that they tell could be totally different in the way that they do it. So I want to see how they execute it first before I say, oh, it's the same as before. So if it starts turn out to be the same as before, then yeah, I'll be the first one to be like, okay, yeah, we, they're just they're just rehashing this shit. But they can it can be a different story in the same kind of match. So let's see what they do first before I pass judgment on it. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I mean, and Jericho's involved, so you know I feel like Ricky Starks is in good hands here. You know, and a yeah. gauntlet match. You know, typically WWE does them to fill TV time. I honestly feel like this is going to make Ricky Starks look like a fucking superstar. You know, he goes yeah. through Matt Menard, Angela Parker, and then gets to either Danny Garcia or, or Sammy Guevara, which yeah, any one of those guys is going to be a banger match against Ricky Stark. So, you know, he's going to have his work cut out for him, and he's going to look good. That's the whole point of this. Yeah. So it's so it seems that the focal point for, for Tony Khan over the last few months, I would say, you know, I mean, it, it feels like the focal point is to make new stars. Um, use the stars that you have, obviously but also make new stars. And if there's anyone on the cusp, if there's anyone so close to breaking out, it's Ricky goddamn Starks, man. Yeah. So putting them with Jericho, I mean, no one gets anyone over better than Chris fucking Jericho. So it feels like Jericho is going to get them over that hump. I mean, they are so close to making a brand new superstar with Ricky Starks. I can't wait to see where this goes. We are getting into hour two here of Dynamite, guys. We're halfway through. Uh, looking at the chat, we got 1,900 people in here. I appreciate you guys very much for hanging out with us on Wednesday. If you don't mind, please hit that thumbs up. Stay a while. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I'd love to see upwards towards 1,000 likes. No questions asked. So make sure you guys hook, go hit that thumbs up. And let's try for 1,000 likes tonight. And Super Chats are open. Get them on and We'll hang out at the end of the show and please make sure you hit that subscribe button down below and turn on that bell for all notifications so you guys know when we upload anything. Shorts, go live, regular uploads, you name it. Make sure you guys are notified and in the know. Brian Danielson and Timothy Thatcher. This was a, another match for Brian Danielson on his way to MJF. We're going to get into that. Before we get to that match, the Young Bucks were playing basketball at a university gym. Kenny Omega, Don Callis, and the Young Bucks were on a basketball court. Omega told Top Flight and AR Fox, come and face them for the trios titles next week on Dynamite. He says they best not miss their shot because the elite never miss. And then Nick Jackson took the basketball and nailed a three-pointer 
from behind the three-point line. Swish. I wonder how many shots they wonder, took for that How one. many takes? How many yeah. takes? Maybe they it was one. Who knows? They went through that whole promo first and then did the shot. I wonder how many times they had to reshoot that whole promo. Maybe it was one. Who knows? Maybe, maybe Matt Jackson's got game. We don't know. You don't know? Matt Hardy, Ethan Page, Stokely Hathaway, and Isaiah Cassidy showed up. Ethan Page challenged them to a six-man tag team match this Friday on Rampage. Omega and Matt argued about NFTs. Omega accepted the challenge. Cassidy moaned in Omega's ear very uh, uncomfortably, I will say. And Omega flinched and backed away as if he did not enjoy it, which I hope he did not. Matt told Brandon Cutler to cut the camera. And the match is made, I guess. The Elite back on TV. They're wasting no time. The reason why Kenny Omega hasn't been on TV for a couple of weeks and the reason why he missed the Jay Briscoe tribute show was due to a visa issue, says Dave Meltzer. So he got that under control, and now he's back on TV, and uh, they're getting right back into the swing of things with Shrio's champions. That sucks. I bet Kenny was fucking pissed. Yeah, I'm sure he was. That fucking sucks. Man. Anyway, Brian Danielson and Timothy Thatcher. Very good match between these two. Uh, this was Timothy Thatcher's AEW debut. It went about 13 minutes. It's exactly what you would expect from these two. Uh, a lot of ground-based grapples and counters and submissions. I know a lot of people like this style of match. You know, you, you like your Zack Sabres and your Timothy Thatchers and those type of guys. You know, this is this is way beyond anything that I really enjoy as far as pro wrestling, not to say that I don't think that they're great pro wrestlers. It's just, really? not, it's just not my, it's just not my cup of tea. When I, when I think of a pro wrestler, bro, I think Bret Hitman Hart. That's my type of guy. Cause he did everything. You know, Timothy Thatcher, you know, he is, he's got no but personality, I, I, but I could see Thatcher in a, in a, in a, he's got no personality. Uh, yes. That, yes. Brett is good at everything. Brett was good at everything, but Brett could also brawl. Brett could also fucking, you know, do the the submission. He could he could do anything. He could do everything and anything in there. But Timothy Thatcher's got no charisma. He got no personality, and he's got a great set of pro wrestling skills. But it's not my cup of tea. This style is not my cup of tea. So I didn't really enjoy this match compared to the other ones that we saw with Takeshita and Bandito. Yeah. I mean, what'd you think? What, what'd you think? You said to me that Thatcher gets pro wrestling tonight, and Thatcher I, get, he does get pro wrestling. He's fucking great, but he's just not my style. Yeah, I, I I like Thatcher, man. You know, I'm not like, you know, oh my big Thatcher Mark, but I I like I like what I like what Timothy Thatcher brings to a match. You know, we talked about that '80s style a little bit a little bit ago. Timothy Thatcher just gets it. You know, just every every camera shot, he's right there in position to give you that snarl, to give you that fucking look. I mean, and he his his moves are crisp. You could tell he had fantastic chemistry with Brian tonight. I mean, he just he just reminds me of just he he, he gets pro wrestling and said he he can he can manipulate a crowd with just his face and moves and his reactions, you know. The charisma's not all there, I get that, but I can almost see some character coming out of him just the way that he moves, just the way he puts on submission moves. I like Thatcher. I don't I mean, you know, he's not gonna be breaking down any glass ceilings anytime soon, but when he works in the ring with someone else who's really good. I enjoy his matches a lot. There was some joint manipulation early on here from Thatcher. Danielson responded with some strikes, a bow and arrow submission. Thatcher escaped. Danielson hit his corner dropkick. Thatcher just took the blow, drove Danielson's shoulder first onto the mat. 
went for a key lock. Danielson had that Kinesio tape on his shoulder, so he targeted the shoulder. Obviously, did Thatcher. He controlled most of the break, did Thatcher, with Danielson trying to get the LaBelle lock on, only for Thatcher to go right back to the shoulder. So Thatcher trapped the bad arm, hit an overhead throw, went up to the ropes where Thatcher wanted a butterfly suplex at one point, which Danielson fought free from with a top rope drop kick. Both guys then had an uppercut exchange on the mat with Danielson switching to kicks and then the anvil elbows. Danielson applied a rear naked choke, which Thatcher wrenched at the wrist to escape. And then they charged into the corner where there was a referee bump. Not for long, though, because MJF walked out with the Dynamite Diamond Ring, and he was about to help Thatcher win this match by cheating with the referee down. And Takeshita comes out of nowhere, jumping the barricade, dressed in a hoodie, brawls with MJF to the back. The referee quickly recovered. Thatcher applied his Fujiwara armbar. Danielson quickly got to the ropes. Belly-to-belly connected. Danielson avoided another belly-to-belly with a released German, and then he quickly sets up for the Busaiko knee, hits it, one, two, three, and Danielson beats Thatcher. Very good stuff here with Danielson and Timothy Thatcher as MJF and Takeshita are shown in the back brawling backstage until security and agents break them up. Pat Buck was there. BJ Whitmer was there. Pulling them apart, Renee Paquette was there right on scene. Steps in between them and said, major announcement. Tony Khan signed the title eliminator match. It will be Takeshita versus MJF next week on Dynamite. And MJF starts yelling, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And he walks away. Well, he's being carried off by the security as both guys are separated. Very much looking forward to that match. Take a shitter. So this segment made me wonder about something. I know it's something we talked about before. And we decided it's probably not a good idea. But now I'm rethinking this. Does AEW need an authority figure? Because why is Renee Paquette jumping into the middle of a brawl announcing a match? That seems like that's a commissioner or a manager or someone like that. Do we need some kind of authority figure? Uh, and if we do, if we do, I got somebody I want to nominate. Well, before you get before you get to that name, uh, I, I do think that AEW could use somebody that is like an Adam Pierce. I think Adam Pierce is doing a great job on Raw and SmackDown. He's not the focus of the show. He is the guy that maintains order there. He's the guy that makes decisions on TV. We all know Tony Khan's going to make a decision, and he's the boss, but he needs a middleman, like a, a, a middleman that's going to play that role on TV. He doesn't necessarily have to be the middleman, but if he yeah. plays the middleman on TV, it comes across a lot better to get to where we need to go. But I, I don't have anybody in mind, Jesse. Who do you have in mind for that role? Uh, Mark Henry. That would be great. I put the world's strongest man out there. That would be a great, uh, yeah, a great uh, middleman there to get order restored. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Maybe uh, maybe we could get that at some point. I don't know how, if that's on AEW's radar, but maybe, maybe on one of these scrums, next scrum I go to, I'll ask that question. It'd be great, man. Respect it. And he's a, a fuck. He's the world's strongest man. You're not gonna fucking push him around. No. So, I like it. We got a vignette airing with Swerve Strickland and the Mogul affiliates talking about Dustin Rhodes. Swerve said the Rhodes family gets under his skin. He said they maybe maybe Swerve is a Sami Zayn fan. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Swerve said the Rhodes family gets under his skin. He said they want to take out another second-generation beneficiary. So they are going to go after Brian Pillman Jr. on Rampage. 
Bro, the most important thing of this segment was not the promo by Swerve. It was the fact that we finally got a name for this tattooed guy that's been nameless for about seven weeks now, bro. And I hope I got the name right because it could be one or the other. I believe his name is Trench. I'm going to find out. T-R-E-N-C-H. Trench. Not Trent. I thought he said said Tretch, which... which Like treacherous? Like Tretch from Naughty by Nature. That's the fucking thing. So I want to see if it's Trench. Do I got it right, chat? Trench. Is that his name? Let's see. Is the guy's name Anthony Chris? Seven weeks now. Seven weeks. Seven weeks. Oh, no, that's, that's fucking... Trench. Is it Trench? Trash. Who said Trench? <laughs> <laughs> God damn, someone took it away from me, man. I was waiting you for it. Assholes. Let's see. Um, wrench? No, it's not wrench, right? No, it's not. I, I believe he said, tr- dude. It's not on. Let's see. It's gotta be somewhere. She <laughs> I can't even do it, man. I can't even do it. Maybe it's trench. Maybe it's trench. Um. Uh, nope. <laughs> Bro, wait, wait, wait. I think it's trench. There we go. I think it's trench with an N. Trench, trench, trench. Okay, good. I thought they named the guy after the lead rapper of Naughty by Nature. And I was French, drench. Looks like trench. Looks like trench. We shall see. She I thought Swerve named him after the guy from Naughty by Nature, man. It's with the insulation in this place, bro. Holy shit. Um, I I, I don't know, man. You know, listen, you know, I, I guess I could say anything I want. Swerve's got me blocked. I mean, I don't I don't, I don't see myself coming off the unblock list for a third time. Um, yeah. <laughs> um I got a question though. I got a question just in case he's watching. And he doesn't get our brand of humor. Bro, can he wrestle? That's what I want to know. Better than he can pick his tattoos. Can he wrestle? That's what I want to know. And where's Keith Lee? Is he hurt? I'm assuming hurt. I think is is be he more taking time off? I mean, does he have COVID again? What, what happened? I think they should be more transparent with injuries. If someone's hurt, look, he's out. He's hurt. Man, that's a noticeable fucking absence from the show, man. Keith Lee is a big fucking guy. You know? Uh, did they just drop the fucking feel? I was I was assuming we're headed towards a singles match. I mean, when are we getting this ball rolling? I mean, th- this was supposed to be the revolution direction, no? You got yeah. fucking Swerve meddling in business with Dustin Rhodes. Who gives a fuck? Who yeah, gives a I shit? I was really wondering why. Like, like... And oh, the Rhodes the family why. pisses me off. Yeah, after they gave us the reason why, I'm still like, that that that's why? That's the reason Am why? I not allowed to ask questions? I mean, I want to see the fucking guys succeed. I want to see this group succeed. I'm a big fan of Parker, right? My boy Parker Boudreaux there. What, what's going on? Is your focus AEW gold or nepotism? Why are we going, I mean, you know, 
I just don't get, I mean, I mean, they're almost on par with House of Black, bro. They're just irrelevant. They, ju- they just exist. Mogul affiliates, they got this new logo, they got this new vision, they got this new group, and then they're not on fucking TV. Or if they're on TV, they're in nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Oh, the cinder block to the back on him. Is he, is he still out for that? Does he got, I mean, some, some medical update, quote unquote, would be nice. Does yeah. he got a crack rib or four? Does he got a collapsed lung? What, what does he got? Where the fuck did he go? Yeah, see, Swerve's out here on Twitter like, fuck Dusty Rhodes and your family. Oh, that's great, but why'd you wake up on the fuck Dusty Rhodes side of the bed today? Like, why are you doing this? I mean, I, I mean, did we, I mean, did we get any backstory to this, or is this just something that miraculously uh, happened when he woke up this morning? Yeah, I'm gonna shit on the Rhodes family today. <laughs> I hate nepotism. <laughs> it's like right. you saw the WWE 2K23 trailer and said, "Ah, fuck the Rhodes family." Like he saw the Rumble and said, "Yeah, fuck, yeah, the, yeah, Rhodes. fuck the Rhodes family." <laughs> that motherfucker Cody didn't come out at number one. Yet he's saying he went through 29 on the guys. He lasted seven minutes of the Rumble and said he went through 29 guys. Fuck Cody Rhodes. Now that would have been fucking hilarious. They should have said that. <laughs> if you if you said that. I mean, I'd be, I'd be your biggest fucking fan, bro, because I said that on Saturday. How, how are you going to say you went through 29 fucking guys when, when the, the, you went through six fucking guys? I want to beat Dustin's ass because his brother's a fucking wuss who came out at 30. <laughs> Cody Rhodes took the cheap road to WrestleMania. Fuck Cody Rhodes. <laughs> that would have been great. I should be at WrestleMania. I got fired. <laughs> Fuck Cody Rhodes. I don't know. Darby Allen just tweeted two minutes ago. It's going to be a short time, but a hell of a time. That's all this is. It's going to be a short time, but a hell of a time. Yeah. Is he going to get surgery? Is he going away? I don't know. I don't know. That's all it says. Maybe well, he's, he's going. going he's supposed to go to Japan to team with Sting against the Great Muda. Really? Yeah. We'll see. You know, Darby's very cryptic. There you go. That's what that probably means. Yeah. Listen, man, we, we we're not we're not uh, sitting here intentionally sh- shitting on Swerve. Okay, we actually we're actually believe it or not, we actually really like Swerve a lot. So. We just we just want some fucking direction, man. I just I don't S- know something, <laughs> something. It, yeah, he just seems very. He seems just so very random angry. to throw it into the fucking show. Like, ah, fuck Dustin Rhodes. Now yeah. we're coming after Brian Pillman Jr. Like Brian Pillman. Where the when like, the fuck was he on TV? It's been <laughs> off TV for fucking six, seven weeks now. What the fuck? Let me tell you something. I really hate Dan Housen. I'm like, well, slow down, man. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Why? I don't get it. <laughs> the, uh, fuck Peter Avalon. I'm going after Peter Avalon. <laughs> yeah, I'm next. sick of Peter Avalon. I'm sick of the librarian. <laughs> the he charged me a late fee for my fucking return. <laughs> What made you woke up and shit on the you shit on dusty roads just out of nowhere, man? I don't know. That's 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 hate. That's some hate. I don't know. 
Listen, man, we could uh, we could be worse off, man. We could be bottom dollar. I mean, oh god, you know. At least, uh, at least, at least, Swerve doesn't have uh, at least Swerve doesn't have the commentary team fucking calling out his botch every week. I will. I I, I look forward to seeing Top Dollar come out now, just so I can hear Michael Cole rag on the guy. He just lays into this dude every time he comes out, man. She I don't know, so man. Maybe maybe random. it's the construction in my mother's basement. Maybe they drilled a hole in the wall somewhere. I don't. I don't know. Uh, mo- <laughs> moving on. Moving on. We, instead of wasting all this time on Swerve, we love you, bro. We, we love you, man. Yes, seriously, come on. Take a job. I hate action and dready. Yeah. Why? Yeah, why? <laughs> why? I hate QT Marshall. We're going after him next. There's three of you. How about you focus on the trios titles? That I mean. Well, I mean I that's that's gold. not that's not. I mean they could they could. I but gold again, made I don't, money. I don't know if Stench can can wrestle, bro. I don't I don't know. Stench. I don't know if Stench can wrestle. I mean, I thought gold was the fucking object. You get you get you get AEW gold. You get more money. You can become a mogul. Why? I mean, what is beating Dustin supposed to do for your mogul family? I mean, what? It's, go after some know. gold, man. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this next segment did not make any sense to me. I, I don't know who uh, planned the order of these things happening, but Roosh was in a backstage vignette with Jose and and uh, what's his name? Uh, Pellegrino? What's his name? Uh, oh, yeah. Pino de Grigio. Yeah, yeah, Pino, yeah Pino, Pino Noir. What's his name? I, I, can't, I can't remember his name. Preston. Pero. 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 Pellegrusso or Pello Grosio. Uh, what, is, what is his name? Preston fucking Vance, okay? Go back to the dark order, man. MJF interrupted this interview. Now, MJF was in the last segment being pulled away by officials after a brawl with Takeshita, and he shows up in this segment wearing a scarf, (laughs) a different shirt, and the world title. (laughs) So either either, either he left the brawl and immediately changed his shirt, took a shower, and got dressed, and made himself look like he was going out to a fucking $1,000 dinner with his wife, I, I don't. I don't know why this segment showed up here instead of earlier in the show because the, the 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 this placement did not make any sense to me. No, no, that was kind of weird, man. It was very, very weird. bizarre. I mean, the the segment makes sense, you know. I mean, anybody facing Brian, he wants to make sure that whoever it is gets extra incentive to take him out, you know. But yeah, it seems like he'd be a little worked up, disheveled, and just all over the place after the brawl he just got into with Takesta. So. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe MJF is a wizard. Could be. Could be. Maybe he learned from Jericho. I don't know. Harry Potter's game is coming out this Friday. Maybe I don't know. Oh, did you hear that? Um, Fight Forever. It got a soft release date. It, it's it's now saying February. It's saying it's saying this month is coming. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I would assume so. They want to release it to uh, steal WW2K twenty uh, uh same bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Away from them. Oh yeah, yeah we added war games. What? Yeah. Meanwhile, you release yeah. a fucking gameplay trailer that shows zero gameplay and the same <laughs> mechanics as the last game. And geeks are gonna pay another eighty dollars or ninety dollars or whatever for the expansion or for the for the big uh, edition. And, and what are you uh, getting? Oh man, we're getting war games. I'm sorry. Does that warrant a ninety dollar fucking purchase? Probably no, not. I've never bought a. WWE no, 2K I would game. not recommend. 
I um, heard that the, the 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 delay was from um their rating. Yeah, I get there was an issue with their rate. I mean, I, I hope they're not going for a, a rated M tag here. Nah, I mean, I mean bro, uh, what type? I think of, it's already teens. So what's what, the, what, what's the difference? Teen. I mean, there's so many worse games out there. Oh my god, there's blood in a wrestling game. Oh my well, god. Me, meanwhile, we're fucking shooting zombies and fucking alien creatures all year long. Yeah, and but, Call of uh, Duty's and, a yearly and, thing. Oh, no, no, AEW Five Forever's got a hold up on the rating. Well, an M rating fucks with the sales. Big time. Because kids can't get it. Well, why would it be an M rating? The fuck well, is in the game that it's an M rating? That's what I, I mean, blood. But, I mean, I don't know. They, they, they said the issue is over the rating. You figure it's got to be already at least easily a team. It's going to be a T easily. But if there's an issue with it, that means it's probably higher. So that's why I'm thinking, like, maybe they tried to give it an M. Maybe they had to back it down so they didn't get an M. I don't know. Listen, I can't wait for the game. It's going to be a staple on this channel. I can't wait. That's going to be a Tuesday night stream. We're going to have fun on Fight Forever. Hey, I'm with it, man. Um, so basically, MJF is paying Roosh to basically injure and break the arm of Danielson next week. Um, Roosh nodded, said some things in Spanish. MJF asked for a translation and said whatever he said, he, you know, he didn't really appreciate it. Uh, we have a deal, MJF said. Uh, sure, sure. Just uh, make sure you get the job done. So uh, Roosh versus Danielson should be a uh, banger next week on Dynamite. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. That, that'll be it's one of those matches where you're like, man, Rue should be in a fantastic match with, like, Brian Daniels. Well, here you go. Yeah. You're getting it. You know, that seems like a, just a fantasy match. You know, we're getting it. Jade Cargill. She's out with Layla Gray. She defeated Red Velvet to retain the TBS championship. This match, most of this match took place in the picture-in-picture. Picture. Um, Jade Cargill on the precipice, on the cusp, 50-0. and 0, And Velvet funny that it was Red Velvet, bro, that gave her the 50 and O because Velvet was basically her first real feud in the company. Yeah, she was. So, Velvet tried to attack early, but Cargill took her down with a back elbow. Velvet, obviously small and quicker, used her quickness to send Cargill outside. Layla Gray uh, is out there, and Velvet hit a dropkick through the ropes. So they were waiting for uh, something, and that's what happened. Big uh, wrecking ball drop kick there. She didn't get all of it. She got some of it. Uh, they rolled back inside. Velvet rolled up Jade for a two off the uh, drop kick, and she tried a Cazadora. Cargill hit a slam in, in a counter. Cargill then caught Velvet leaping off the apron with a crossbody, drove her into the ring post. So we got a spot here. Cargill pressed Velvet. This was the best part of the match. It happened in the picture-in-picture. I don't know why this wasn't uh, live action. Cargill pressed Velvet over her head and walked up the stairs with her in a gorilla press and threw Velvet back into the ring. Don't know why we didn't see this live on television. This took place in the picture-in-picture. So Velvet hits a lung blower on Cargill. Cargill needs to work on her selling big time. She, she, She doesn't sell very well. Responded with a pump kick to Jade Cargill. Kiara Hogan runs to the outside. From the back and threw Layla Gray into the steel steps, which looked uh, like a complete mess on the outside. Not good. Velvet hit a spin kick on Cargill. Referee was out there. One of the referees ran to the ran from the back to take care of Kiara Hogan, and Aubrey Edwards is still yelling while this other referee is basically dragging Kiara Hogan up the ring ramp. And Aubrey's like, "Go back, 
Go back! Meanwhile, Red Velvet's got fucking Jade pinned off her finish in the ring, and she doesn't even know. I mean, how stupid can you be? And we knew Aubrey was, uh, you know, a little fugazi out there, and we knew Jade wasn't going to lose this match, but, I mean, holy fucking shit. You make it a little bit more realistic. So yeah, she yeah. goes to pin, and Jade Cargill kicks out. So Velvet applied an armbar submission. Cargill powered out, swung Velvet into the jaded from the submission position, and pins her one, two, three. After the match, Jade brought her daughter with her over the barricade, went to the back, celebrated with her, and she is 50 and 0. I mean, very missable, bro. I am I am honestly completely over the 50 and 0 shit. Uh, by the way, she's 49 and 1, uh, number uh, number one. Uh, that's going into the, my mother's basement, by the way. Uh, and number two, um, I don't know who's left, bro. I mean, we talked about this before the stream. Uh, it certainly looks and feels that AEW is going to continue with what they wanted to do, I think, before this person went down with injury. And that person, I, I hope, comes back and gets that momentum that she started to build for herself when she returns. I hope that woman is Chris Statlander because that would be that would be great. Yeah, I agree. I agree. She um, So she had surgery back in August, I want to say. And so, that was an ACL, um, correct? Yeah. That's August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. We we could see her we, we could see her realistically, bro, right back for double or nothing. So about what, six, seven months or something like that? Yeah. Hopefully, man. Um, because I definitely get I, I right now I have one, I, I have two people. Well, either one of two people to take down Jay Cargill. That is, you know, Chris Statlander or Mercedes Monet. And um, money, money, if, money, money, money. If if Mercedes is not um gonna be in AEW full time for a good stretch, then it's, it's definitely Chris Statlander. I mean, she's gonna let Jay just hold on to that title and keep it warm for Chris Statlander. Let it just, that should be her run. That should be her um her return right there. Now I got a question for you in, in regards to Jade Cargill, fifty and zero man with the TBS title. If she loses this title. And finally, somebody beats her. Where exactly does Tony Khan think we want to see Jade Cargill? Does does Jade holding this title for way too long in one of the most uneventful and mediocre runs in wrestling history, in my opinion? Do you want to see this same thing happen with the world title, the women's world title with Jade Cargill? I, I feel like the, what she's doing now is is also you know, setting up for the same type of feeling with the women's championship. And that, I don't think that's something that I could really sit through again, bro, all, all over again. Well, let's not forget something. This title was literally created just to give the Jade Cargill. There was, why, why does this women's division need two women's titles? They don't. They don't. They don't. This title was literally only made to give to Jade Cargill. That is why she is still holding it. That's why she's 50 and 0 with it. And the fact that she's going to lose it to someone will probably make that the most prestigious title change in AEW in a long damn time. Because it hasn't been hot potatoed. It's been it's been coveted, you know, her record and her reign and everything else. So when she does lose it, there is an aura that she can give off. There is a rub that she can give off to whoever it is that she loses it to. And that would be great to Chris Statlander. But again, they don't need two titles, man. No. They really, really don't. 
I mean, as 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 shitty as it, it as it may be, that title that Jade is holding on to has more prestige than the TNT title and the All Atlantic Championship because she's held it for so long and it has that value built into it. So maybe even more valuable than the women's title right now. I don't know. I, I'm over it. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm over it. I, I yeah. can't. I can't see this anymore. I can't stand to see this anymore. I can't see this if Jade wants to move up to the to the women's title. I I don't want to see this all over again. She's gonna lose no, one I match agree. and then go on another fifty match winning streak against who? You she wrestled every that... fucking woman in the division, but Britt Baker. I'll, I'll give you that much. It feels like if she loses that title, it does feel like she's lost her identity. Yeah, I mean that that title was, was her every. It was a whole gimmick. Unless she holds this title for however long, and then this is her only run in AEW, and then she jumps ship to WWE, because you know they're going to open up their fucking checkbook to sign her for whatever got for whatever fucking reason. I don't know. What do you mean, whatever reason? Why, why would they sign Jade Cargill? For it's one reason. To bury her she, to Charlotte Flair? Well, no. It's the way she looks. It's the, it's the way that she looks. It's, I mean, she has WWE material written all over her. And I could see her taking the money and running. Yep. Well, with high hopes of Paul Levesque whispering in her ear. Wasn't she nice and cozy with a certain robot on Twitter the other day? Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't see it because the Android has me blocked. I wonder why. But, she blocked uh, you? Why? <laughs> I can't. I don't know. What, what, what did I say? <laughs> I don't know. For those uh, who didn't, didn't know, Jay Cargill was, was in Charlotte Flair's benches on Twitter the other day. Yeah. Now, let's run through this so we get to the Super Chats. Darby Allen, Samoa Joe. By, by the way, the ladies had a segment backstage. Uh, Renee was checking on Britt backstage. Uh, Baker said she's fine. Ruby Solo walked in and said she heard what happened. Baker says, aren't those your girls? Ruby says, well, I didn't know about what happened. Baker says she's known them longer than her. Yeah, I'm all right. Hater says she's great. In fact, uh, Ruby said, fine. I'm, I'll go away. Sorry I asked. So... Where is Ruby Soho going to uh, align here is what I want to know. I'm not even sure who's heel and baby face anymore, except except Tony and. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean yeah, they, haven't ma- they haven't made that clear yet. Yeah, they, have, they really have not, which is fine. I mean, you know, it's I'm not saying I need to know. No, which is fine. It'll it'll come to light soon. We'll find out. But just an interesting dynamic. We don't even know who's healing face right now. Yeah. Darby Allen, Samoa Joe, TB, uh, not TBS, TNT title. No holds barred match, main event. Uh, this was a very good match, very violent, very brutal. One of the more brutal matches that uh, AW's put on uh, Dynamite in a very long time. Darby went after Joe with his thumbtack covered hoodie. Came out wearing a hoodie fucking covered in thumbtacks. Of course he did. Joe fired back with some boots, wrapped his arm with a towel around Darby, hit Darby. Taz said this was smarter. Joe to utilize the towel to protest himself from thumbtacks or protect himself from thumbtacks. Uh, Joe yanked off the thumbtack jacket and stomped away at him. And then he pulled out a table from underneath the ring. Darby leapt out of the ring and knocked the table into Joe. Joe got up, dragged Darby into the crowd, and they brawled into the crowd. So they're brawling there. Joe is bleeding on the uh, upper portion of his nose. And he pulled out some chairs from underneath the ring after they got done brawling in the crowd. Brought them into the ring. He set two of them up side-by-side, super, uh, suplexed Darby onto them, which always sucks. So Joe was just fucking relishing in the destruction of Darby here. Joe set up some uh, chairs again, 
And then he went for a power bomb this time, but Darby threw white powder in his eyes and then landed a code red to counter for a near fall. He followed with an over-the-top stunner. He tried to put his hoodie on, the hoodie with the thumbtacks, but it was uh, partially inside out, and he was shrugging to get it on. So he could not, so he kind of half-assed it. He wanted to land the coffin drop with the hoodie completely over his chest, over his body, but he couldn't, so he, so he put it on anyway, half-assed, and then did the coffin drop. Not nearly as effective as it was or should have been. Darby went to ringside and began unsnapping the ring canvas. He took a, a knife and started cutting all the ropes underneath the ring. He started pulling out the fucking mat from underneath the ring. He pulled a Tommaso Ciampa uh, takeover against Johnny Gargano and uncovered the wooden planks underneath the ring. So something dastardly was going to happen here. Joe is on the other side of the ring. He's fucking waiting for this to happen. There's a table slanted on the barricade on the opposite side of the ring. Darby gets done cutting the ropes. He gets in the ring. He launches himself through the ropes onto Joe, hits his feet on the ropes as he goes flying through them, and crashes through the table worse than if he didn't hit his feet. So it was just a nasty, nasty spot by Darby Allen, basically uh, throwing himself at Joe, and it completely backfired. So... Darby here, he gets thrown back into the ring, and Joe is in control. He's just about to finish him off. He puts him on the top rope. He was about to do the muscle buster uh, for the one, two, three here, and that was basically it. On to the exposed wooden pine for the TNT title victory, and he regains the TNT title. Uh, I wasn't expecting Joe to win here at all, but um, now we got Joe as the champion. Going into the pay-per-view, Wardlow comes out. He spears Joe at the end of the show, and he set up for the Powerbomb Symphony, but Joe rolled out of the ring, and that is the way the show went off the air with Wardlow returning to AEW Dynamite. I figured this show would still be going on with Darby trying to cut that fucking canvas loose. Yeah, that took a little bit too much time out of it. It, it kind of ruined the, the momentum of the match. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, this, well, I mean, he, they gave him a fucking uh, box cutter or, or, or a regular, like, uh, Swiss Army knife. I'm like, what the fuck? At least when Champa yeah. cut it, he had fucking uh, scissors, you know, snapping away. This guy's yeah. over there fucking sawing like he's fucking cutting yeah. down uh, a tree. Yeah, between that and him trying to fix his damn sweatshirt, it was a lot of drag. Yeah. So, yeah especially the last three minutes, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if Sting was there. They could have had Sting cut the fucking thing for him or something. I don't know. Anyway, we talked about this earlier. You know, it really didn't make sense for the flip-flop back and forth. I'm assuming that Darby's going to Japan, and he's going to go over there, and he can't really uh, do what he wants with the TNT title, so they put it back on Joe. Don't know if that's the reason. Don't know if this is meant to give more heat to Joe, but Joe already had heat. Is Joe going to be the heat magnet to get that transfer back to Wardlow to get him where he needs to be? I don't know. It's just the, the, the TNT title has no identity to me. I don't like the TV title concept. I, I think it's antiquated. I think it's lame in 2023. And I don't want to see someone defend the title weekly in these one-off nothing matches where there's no story built into the title. Somebody should be chasing the title, and there should be a story and a program for the title. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I figured it would be like their intercontinental title or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, but it, it feels like a 24-7 title. Sorry. Don't man. like it. Yeah. Don't like it at all, but... I like you guys, and I like that you guys hung out with us on this Wednesday night, man. 1900, relatively slow night here. I know nothing big is going on, but 
We're about to get into the last call, man. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out for a little bit with our cold beverages. Get those likes up. We got 1,900 in here. Let's try for 1,000. Please hit that thumbs up. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Memberships are open. Get them on in. All new members get free access to a sneak peek of my mother's basement now on my community tab for my VIPs on YouTube. Go check that out. And make sure you guys go check out all the other videos on the channel. Everything you need is listed there on the homepage. And we got a $100 super chat by Gino Morgan TV. Oh, my goodness. Nothing much to say. Just wanted to support the channel. Gino, cheers to you, brother. Unbelievable, man. Starting February off the right way, man. My birthday month. Let's get into it. Joseph Taylor with a $26 super chat, Joseph Taylor. JD, Jesse, your top three Young Bucks matches. And JD, Jesse, your favorite out-of-body experience as a wrestling fan. Um... Bucks Lucha Brothers in Chicago. Bucks Lucha Brothers. Uh, Bucks Lucha Brothers, uh, I believe it was at uh, one of the first Double or Nothings. I think it was the Double or Nothing that Jesse and I went to. Um, ladder match. Yeah. And then uh, Bucks, Kenny, and Adam Page at Revolution. Still the best tag team match in AEW history, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And out-of-body experience, Joseph Taylor, I would say I'll never forget where I was and what I was feeling during the Undertaker at Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 25 match. Greatest WrestleMania match in history. Uh, for for me, it was, um, it was all in. When with the the concept, the the whole experience of wrestling fans coming together for a show that big, not being WWE, to prove how wrestling fans love the business and will support if someone else wants to go out there. I feel like Chicago laid the groundwork for AEW being in existence for the support that we showed all in. I was right there. So Yeah, that was a special was night. You felt you felt like something special was in the air that night. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Joseph Taylor, for your generosity, brother. Uh Lord Jake Coyle with a five dollar super chat. Didn't agree with the booking of the match, but seeing Cody say, Dad, I did it after winning the Royal Rumble brought a tear to my eye. Listen man, there's there's doing there's, there's choosing the right winner and doing things the right way. They chose the right winner. They didn't do what was right in the lead up to that moment. And I'm gonna, I, that's the hill I'm going to die on, bro. They could have booked that Royal Rumble a ton better. And don't give me the fact that Cody Rhodes was injured because he went to a 15-minute match the following night against fucking Finn Balor. You mean to tell me he couldn't last 15 minutes in the Royal Rumble? Yeah. 30 yeah. minutes in the Royal Rumble? And Come he on. Didn't do, he didn't do it. Yeah, he didn't win the title yet. I mean, what? I did it. No, you're on the way. But you didn't come here to win the Rumble. You came to win the title. You yeah. didn't do it yet. Yeah. Tony Brown with a 499. He says, my delicious red velvet. Oh, yes. Tony Ooh. Brown. We know, brother. Tan May with 37 months. This guy's got a fucking OTS badge. He's got the OTS belt. Oh, my goodness. He says, hi. Hi, Tan May. Tanmay is one of my longest tenured VIPs, man. This guy fucking drinks for free every time he's in the venue. And a Taco Crew member, man. There you go. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Not good booking for Darby and the TNT title. No. I don't believe. I don't think so. 
Um, where's the song that I want to play? Uh, there it is. Um, Esato Fortune with the seven months. I love Mox, but his no sell takes me out of the match. I could see that. I could see that. Getting right back up after a dead eye tombstone buckshot. Where's the drama? Keep rocking, JD. Esato, you're not alone there, man. It's a little too much. I can see it happening once, but it's almost every match. You're correct. Phil with a 1999. I don't understand the booking of this title. How are we supposed to care about the TNT title and the champion that holds it if we can't get a good reign out of them? This championship needs work. It needs a solid program. Phil, you and I and Jesse are on the same wavelength, brother. Got to do right by the title right now. It just feels like it doesn't have an identity. Roderick Hughes with a new membership. Thank you, Roderick. What the fuck are you drinking, man? Joseph Taylor with a $3 super chat. JD, you are the one in 49 and 1. Yes. Absolutely. Script Keeper with 18 months in the VIP club. 18 months and counting. I've had a wonderful birthday. How about you, JD? By the way, what are you drinking? Love you, JD. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Script Keeper. My birthday's on Monday, bro. I'll be drinking then. Monday. Zach Smith with a 699. Soon as I saw him biting at his wrist tape, I knew we were getting passion of the Moxley. Ain't no way Mox was giving us the juice in Ohio. Wasn't giving us the juice in Ohio. Listen, man, it depends on how the chair hit him in the face. He could have just bled hard way. He didn't need wrist tape and a fucking box cutter. <laughs> Edward Serenson with a $10 super chat. On one hand, we have a useless TNT title being passed around. On the other hand, useless TBS title with boring defenses against people with no chance of winning. Yes. Yes, both of the network's titles are, are very boring right now, Edward. I agree. Tommy Brannigan with a $2 Superjack. Kevin Patrick got his new gig with MLS and Apple TV. So he's gone? Is he finished off Monday Night Raw? Can we bring Mauro Ronaldo back? I saw that he got the gig, but I, it didn't say that he was leaving WWE. It's a lot on his plate. Trizzy Drew with a 199. Potential Coda versus Takeshita. Banger. Bro, that's a perfect Forbidden Door match. Book it. Chris Elliott with a 499. Please keep my older brother in your prayers. He found out that an employee he used to work with passed away yesterday. I'm sorry to hear that, Chris. OTS family has your family and his friend's family in our thoughts, man. Sorry to hear that. Francis Luke with a $10 super chat. Read online that Wardlow is out with an injury. Warlow does not need the title. Warlow, FDR, and Sean Spears teased a babyface pinnacle faction in Ring of Honor last fall. Continue with that. Oh, bro, that's been dropped uh, long ago. Jim Cornette with a 199. You think SmackDown's worth going to Friday? Yes. I won't be watching uh, SmackDown on Friday live because I'll be at House of Glory on Friday. I hate when they book the shows on Friday. But if I can get home quick enough, I'll watch and go live on Friday night for you guys. Francis Loop with a $10 super chat. Adam Page and Wheeler Yuta. Also, Jamie Hader and Emmy Sakura killed it on Rampage. I saw the Wheeler Yuta Adam Page match. That was great. Another 10 minutes, Emmy and Jamie would have put on a WrestleMania main event, night one worthy match. Well, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go that far, man. Come on. I gotta watch this thing though. 
Joseph Taylor with a seven dollar super chat. JD Jesse. Not only are Magnums a condom brand, but they are also ice cream bars. Yes, and they're very expensive, Joseph Taylor. Both the condoms and the ice cream bars. But the ice cream bars are fucking fantastic. I'll, t- I'll say that. Jedi Joker with a 20 months in the VIP club. Just curious on your thoughts on the idea I have. What if AEW has a Royal Rumble of their own and the winner goes against the AEW champ at double or nothing or all out? They can't, they can't do a Royal Rumble ripoff. They will be uh, mocked for that. They get called out for that right away. What I'd love to see is them doing like an Aztec Warfare Lucha Underground, Underground style Royal Rumble. Go look up the rules for the Aztec Warfare match in Lucha Underground. That's what I would love to see. Plus, don't they already have that with the um, the Casino Battle Royal? They, they have, they have the too many bat- they have too many battle royals as it is. But those battle royals are fucking garbage. Yeah. What uh, what's next? We got WTF boy with one ninety nine. No power in Austin for fifteen hours. OTS for life. Well, you must have a backup battery or something, bro. I'm sorry to hear that. I have no water. No. Right now, yeah. Since we. I had water when we started this stream, but since we've been on it, my water has been cut off. Um, my neighbor across the street, their pipes froze. Oh, shit. And the villagers out here, they they got the whole street dug up. I had to text my wife and ask her if the construction was coming through the mic. The the whole, like, most of the block is without water right now. They're working on it right now. I heard something in the beginning of the stream. I heard some uh, some uh, background noise. I was, I was wondering what that was. I thought it was me over here. Yeah. But There's literally um, a bunch of the village trucks right outside my window right now trying to get the water restored. Um, I'm sorry to hear that, uh, WTF boy, man. Hopefully uh, you guys get power soon. I can't even fucking imagine it. 15 hours without power? I'd be fucking losing my mind. Oh, yeah. Geo with a 199. Can't with you two to sign my daughter's next belt. I can't wait for you two to sign my daughter's next belt. Bring it on. Script Keeper, $10 Super Chat, AJD and Jesse, I looked it up. Grandin Goatsman's new ring name is Trench. As far as I'm concerned, his name should be Graffiti for all those damn tattoos he has on my, on his face. OMG. I'm just glad it's not Trench. Stench. Can he wrestle? That's what I want to know. Script Keeper with a $5 Super Chat. Jade's official record is 50-1. and one. JD is the undisputed champ. Better fucking believe it. Side wrestle with the 499. If she doesn't return to WWE, do you see Trinity Fatu dethroning Jade Cargill? I'd love to see it, but I think she's coming back to WWE. Yeah, me too, man. Gino, thank you again for the 100. NWO order for life. $5 Super Chat. Sting and Darby went to Japan two weeks ago for Moody's tag match. Darby proudly wore the TNT title and was announced as the AEW TNT champ. Oh, that happened already. So maybe he's just going away for... Look... If Maybe he's going on I, vacation. Look, if, to if, a graveyard if, somewhere. If I had to pick someone who might be beat up and need time to heal in AEW, I'm going to start with Darby Allen. So maybe he's going out hurt for a little while. Maybe. I don't know. Hopefully he gets better. Yeah. And Mr. Zaki Boy with a $2 Super Chat, any unpopular opinions on the Attitude Era? It was too raunchy at times. I didn't mind the raunchiness. I mean... I don't mind raunchiness. I said it was too raunchy at times. <laughs> I mean, raunchy is fine, but there were some points where it was like, come on, man, that's a little bit. 
I mean, I don't really have any unpopular opinions of the Attitude. I enjoyed the Attitude Era. Yeah. Me too. I just want good wrestling. I love it. Anyway, guys, we're about to get out of here, and I am about to uh, hit the fucking bed because uh, Genius wore me the fuck out in the gym today. Holy shit. Did you use a Magnum? I don't know, man. Was I, uh, did I use a Magnum? What was that guy's name? Magnum what? <laughs> I don't know. I, say I don't know. Weird. Did I use Where a Magnum? you out at the gym, man. That's Get your mind out of the gutter, clown. Come on now. Deadlifting and fucking hip hinges and squats and all this other shit. Ugh. Took a hot shower, man. I fucking uh, never felt so good in my entire life when I got home. Vince Russo. Oh, snap. Sap is sending me some very mean DMs. I will read them all on next Hey Look Ma. I'm doing a TV show in the basement. Oh my God! Oh, that's, going uh, that, that, that saps uh, kryptonite, bro. He never uh, he never stops while he's ahead, you know. They're going now at he it. Gave, now he gave Vince Russo all the ammunition. He probably gave Vince Russo a good two to three hundred viewers for that stream. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Thanks, Sap. I don't know why you're mixing it up with him. You know he's never going to admit that he's wrong on anything. Anyway, uh, I appreciate you guys very much. Uh, please hit that thumbs up. Try for a thousand likes. I know we'll reach a thousand likes, but I'd love to see you guys get close to a thousand before we get the hell out of here. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Please hit that subscribe button down below. We got some more shorts coming tomorrow. We got some more uh, cool stuff happening this week. I'll be at the Alter Bridge concert on Long Island tomorrow night, so you guys will not see me at all tomorrow or hear from me tomorrow. So expect some uh, tweets going out tomorrow. Music related. If you don't like it, kiss my ass. Uh, and then Friday, House of Glory, but I'm going to try desperately to get back in time for SmackDown so I can give you guys a live stream on Friday night. But until then, guys, let me see those ace emojis in the chat. Let me see those rock on emojis in the chat. And I want to see you guys turn that music on max. I'll see you guys on Friday. And thank you guys for everything. We got a big week coming up. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. And have a good night, man. I'll see you guys later. <laughs>